welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, and with me is my host, Clay Williams. Committing crimes in this economy? Mm-hmm. In this economy? Yeah, this one's I mean, pretty stupid. Yeah. yeah, it is pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah. Thought, I was gonna, I could have done something with like the gig yeah, economy because, you know, you know, it's a lot, lots happening. But yeah, no, I mean, like in, the, in this economy crimes really you know in in this this is a story of an economy that is pretty profitable in los angeles so it's like the main main whole industry like a like an industrial complex of some kind i don't know these are such vague terms can you call what like the night crawling an industrial complex probably not i'm gonna call it though i'm gonna call they call call it it something else at one point i do know that they call it like rifting Maybe. Um, I, I, I do love... It, is, night, is night crawling the actual term, or do they make that up for the movie? It has to be I think the actual it is, term. I think it is, because uh, Lou Bloom is pretty... Ba- he's loosely based off a real person, if you guys didn't know. What? Actually. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like wow, the people crazy. who would do stuff like that would coin the term night crawling for themselves and be like, yeah, we're night crawlers. You it sounds I mean? pretty cool. Yeah. Like There's I kind of like get some get yeah. some jackets with it's a hor- it's a horrible morally reprehensible job but it's a cool like job it's I'm a, a night crawler dude yeah. are you kidding me if so, I could just bust that out at a party if someone told that to you though you wouldn't be like sus <sighs> no it'd be sus but like I'll but uh, but it's one of those things would be like well, well tell me more I'm like I'm interested in night crawling what, what could that be like it'd be an engaging conversation yeah. piece <laughs> that's true and then you actually hear about it and be like mm, I'm good. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah, exactly. Okay, good night. I I was, um, for every episode we do, I like to go and look at interviews at the time of their release. Um, mm-hmm. He does research. And <laughs> it's pretty fun. Good on you! <laughs> yeah. And um, so Gyllenhaal was on ABC News, and he was, he was talking about, you know, how to prepare for the role of Lou, and then they tracked down the actual person that... Dan Gilroy base, bases or loosely base the character off of, and oh, no. he's like he's loosely like for legal born. reasons. They can't right, say right, action right. based loosely Allegedly. for legal reasons. Allegedly, and he doesn't yeah. he doesn't look as insane as they give Joan Hall in this. So thank God, but no one can. Looks, it, um, Joan Hall said that he based this character off a of coyote, which is a pretty famous like tidbit that he said. Um, so he ate just <laughs> kale guy. salad. He ate just kale salads and went for like ten mile runs, which is not an insane thing to do. Like I think that's a pretty eating just kale salads. Yeah, actually, I was going to say the kale salad <laughs> stuff's like yeah. Hmm. Also, that's not what coyotes do, Jake. Coyotes yeah. coyotes don't eat kale salad. Yeah, I just wish rabbits. I could remember the name of this person that they interviewed. I don't. Um, I don't want to know that name. I'm good. I don't want uh, any association. <laughs> Where he said that he would walk or he would go on runs pretending like he was in a pack of coyotes. And it's just the most Jake Gyllenhaal thing I've ever heard. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal was that theater kid. I'm so sure of it. How is he a movie star? How can you say that and be a movie star? I think that he's so embraced that he doesn't... Yeah, yeah. He's so embraced that it's not like Jared Leto. Where it's just like, okay, can you knock it off? Where it's, where yeah, it's like, legit, I think, like, escape from society, yeah. please. We don't want to hear from you anymore. But with him, it's just like, oh man, Jake really put in the work for this one. Ah, He's just Jake. so, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. He's a lovable buffoon. We love you. You know, he doesn't start cults. He's like a psychopath, though. Low key. 
Jake Gyllenhaal yeah, loves him, but he's just like his vibes are all wrong sometimes. All wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, Christian Bale. Unhinged. I mean, Christian Bale. You can say the same way. Same yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Bale. I don't know. He's like so. He's so much of an actor. You know what I mean? Like he's just like okay, we get it. You can't take your craft seriously. That he's almost like he's probably just more of a narcissist than a psychopath. But mm-hmm. like fucking like Jake Gyllenhaal, who I love, is just like mm, I yeah. don't know, dude. What's going on? Have you played like that audio tape though of uh, Christian Bale like shouting on? Set? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Good for you. But I think what's yeah. good about so that good. about that is that he that he then came and apologized like i should not have reacted that way like that was so unprofessional and i think because yeah. of people that are similar to to bail just name leto as another example like they wouldn't come and apologize they would just leave it be and it's like i don't know i think that shows a profession like a have you heard those classiness. stories though i know jack you've heard it because we listened to the summer podcast but have you heard the story about how apparently the dude that he was yelling at actually sucks at his job and that is he like he's like he's known he's he's known reputationally for like being bad at like lighting or light lighting yeah yeah Yeah. uh i didn't know about that no but then i guess that begs two questions of one why was he on set in general (laughs) why was he yeah also Yeah. I don't know. Even if someone sucks, I don't think anyone Oh, no, it doesn't. Like, no, it doesn't make it right. Yeah. It was just it's just a weird like after effect of this whole thing of just like, oh, he actually did like I don't know. And who knows if it's true, but that's just been like the rumors of like I actually know some people yeah, yeah. dude sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bill was right to call him out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I, and he wasn't, yeah. but you know, whatever. Like it it, yeah. it but you know, if you I was on Terminator Salvation being directed by uh let me check my notes. Gavin O'Connor. G? Oh. No, McG. <laughs> If I was being directed by Mick G, I'd probably be mad as well. I wouldn't be happy. Wait, did Gavin, o- Gavin O'Connor is not? No. Why, why didn't no, he I... didn't direct any of those. What are you no, talking about? No, no, I mean, no, you're no, talking no, about no. Warrior. We talked no, about Warrior no, no. a little while ago. Yep. Yep. Um, Gavin O'Connor's you... good. No, Gavin O'Connor. O'Connor G- Gavin O'Connor Slander. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Kinda. Yeah. Probably. By the way, Peyton know. Robinson's here from Film Days. How are she you? She is. Hi. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, today is Nightcrawler. Pretty big pick for we me. We crawl the night. And uh, yeah. I should have started with the podcast. I should have started the podcast with that. We crawl the night. Okay. You know what? Let's just redo this. Hello. This is welcome to Rewind. Rewind. Um, Starting over. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's like the you know like skip like the skip noises for the mm-hmm. VHS type. Er, um, <laughs> like do the like Missy Elliott just like start speaking yeah. like backwards. Yes. It's crazy she can do that. Yeah. It's so crazy. I I can't do that. She she can't. she can do what? Like Missy Elliott, like she just like in like like she can just like basically talk backwards to pretend like she's rewinding. Like that's crazy. Did they not just do that? Oh, like... I don't know. I guess maybe. I guess I just assumed. I don't know. I just assumed she could do it. Maybe oh, I didn't think about that. Honestly, right. maybe she can. I know. I don't I'm not know. I believe. Wrong. I'm saying yeah. I no, maybe, or maybe I overestimate. I don't know. I don't know if you can overestimate <laughs> Missy Elliott. I don't know. She's pretty maybe dope. I can correctly estimate. I mean, yeah, maybe. Right? If, yeah. if, I mean, I don't know. It's hard with yeah. Missy. Um, That's but no, but yeah, Pete Robinson. Where did you first grow your love of film? Where I was curious, and if there's one movie you can point to, and this is like the genesis of your At Genesis, uh, like Terminator movie. Genesis. That's another franchise I've never seen, actually. Action franchise. First two are good. Those first two, yeah. I haven't seen any of the others either, so. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? As for, like, the start of movies for me, I 
was really into horror movies like exclusively for like the longest time like i remember the first one i remember watching was nightmare on elm street when i was like eight nice because my brother was babysitting me and he let me watch it big brother Um, move for sure (laughs) yeah my mom was not happy about it but my mom loves horror movies too so then she's like, well, you've seen it. So now you can just like watch them, I guess. <laughs> she's um, like, all right, he, you know, he, he, he broke, he, he, uh, he started the trend. I might as well just follow through, you yeah, know? She's like, have you seen The Exorcist? I was like, no, I'm nine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, no, I am nine uh, years old. I'm going to take you down yeah. the career of William Friedkin. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it was horror movies for the longest time, like all through high school. And then when I went to college, um, two of my roommates were film majors. And then I started watching like other kinds of stuff. And I think the first movie that I ever watched that, like, really blew my mind, like, cinematically was The Master. And that was, like, my freshman year of college. And that's, like, still one of my favorite movies. And Paul Thomas Anderson's, like, one of my favorite directors. And I just remember when that movie ended, I was just like, holy shit. Like, that was cool. (laughs) I was like, maybe I shouldn't just watch more movies. Maybe I should try other stuff, too. So not all movies scare me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I can enjoy something without being fearful. Or disgusted, or I can sleep with the lights off now. Wow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I would say a nightmare on Elm Street when I was like eight, and then um, then the master, master. yeah, double feature. Yeah, that was that was ten years old. um, Actually, I would love that. I'm gonna do that double feature tonight. No, I'm not. But that would be Um, no, that the perfect double bill. Yeah, it would. No, it would be. There's so many thematics that connect (laughs) it, and it's just like perfect symmetry. I mean, Wes Craven truly was the Paul Thomas Anderson of his time. I think. I mean, both characters named Freddy that have yeah. Oh shit! I didn't even put that together. Yo, (laughs) Jack's on a different level. He's on a different level. I was so engulfed in the bit, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, Yeah. same. Like he correctly (laughs) estimates Missy Elliott and also understands the connections. I'm gonna roll here. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah, what'd you forget? I will say the first horror movie that I ever saw that like actually, where I was like, I want to have the lights on. I'm scared to go to bed. Was Sinister because I saw Mm. that in theaters when I was like 12. Yeah. Isn't there, like, this scientific analysis that, like, scientifically, like, Sinister is the scariest movie ever made? There was, I don't know, I thought I thought I saw an article of, like, a whole bunch of, like, psychologists, like, looking at, like, the heartbeat numbers or whatever of people watching movies. Oh, and interesting. Like, Sinister. I think I've scariest. heard that. Because, I mean, it's I rated know. R for, like, terror. There's, like, hardly, there, I don't think there's any, like, profanity in it. Mm. There's definitely not any sex in it. Bro, so if I was Scott Derrickson and the MPAA gave me a rated R, but just based on the terror, I'd feel like I just like slammed dunk. Like the I remember when industry. I was when I was a kid, like they would always advertise the paranormal activities um, mm-hmm. by showing you when yeah. audiences night the vision. first the, pre, the preview night would would react to it, and I thought that was like the scientific method to estimate horror. <laughs> Like, oh my god, this thing must Creepy be... Creepy like, cameramen with night vision um, goggles just looking at people like, yeah. are you going to react to this one? Are you going to yeah. jump now? They like, In stop the movie. Though, Guys, you need to give us a bigger reaction. Like... I don't think um, I believe those reactions, though. Paranormal um, activity is not that scary. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's true. They're no- they're, it's probably like a bunch of normies who probably know that like there's a like cameras on so they're gonna probably yeah. react a little mm-hmm. much like i'm gonna but... throw my popcorn behind <laughs> when, am gonna, when am i ever going to get to do this i do yeah, like them as time it. capsules though like oh like, there's yeah. such time capsules. Yeah. they were like total marketing strategies yeah. that was a yeah, totally, trend yeah. you don't see that anymore yeah 
Right. When's the last time it's you saw a trailer of a horror movie where they had like night vision? I mean, yeah. I guess during the pandemic, not much, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Every Halloween, um, Clay and I, I would, said, I I would love that. make a horror watch list, and I think I've been thinking about it. Like this year, I kind of want to do all sequels that I've never done. Mm-hmm. Like I've always like I want to do like Halloween sequel I've never seen. But would you, would you watch like the original? Oh, like you would have to have watched the original at least. Yeah. Or do you think? Okay. Yeah, I mean the Halloween sequel. Yeah. I mean. You got a lot of there. You gotta, yeah, you, yeah. You I've, I've done the first three, so I guess like four is Chris and Michael Myers. And then, you got yeah, kills. Got Hollywood, Hollywood, <laughs> Halloween kills. I got, got H two Ends. I need some. I need to stay hydrated. H two O. Kills and ends. Oh, those ends. are the next two, the Gordon uh-huh. Green ones. Yes, but right. what oh, titles? Right. right. Oh yes. Kills. Yes. All right. I want. Right, you know what I do want to see is the uh, the Rob Zombie. Oh, the Rob they're Zombie wild, man. Yeah, uh, what? The Rob Zombie remake of Halloween? Yes, yes. I, I've always wanted to see it. Mm. I've seen the first one. At, at, on Twitter because I said I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm I mean, like, I'm zombie. sorry, The zombie fans. I know. I mean, Zombie is an interesting director, but, like, the people who, like, worship him, uh, I can't. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm better idols. Yeah, like, yeah, just like, I mean, again, like, you can love his filmography, I know plenty of people do, but it's just one of those yeah. things where if it's like, 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 the fandom based around him is just so, like, I'm, no, 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 yeah. just attracts the wrong people. Yeah. Um, I really hope the, that, uh, oh, yeah, I, no, I just ahead. hope there was, like, Rob Zombie fans that don't intersect with, uh, like film fans and it's just like that just creates a whole mess because it's like you're taking people from another generation almost and it's mm. just like anything oh, yeah, that's that right. I he has like a band make. and stuff yeah 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 he's a band yeah yeah he was that's pretty, like that's he was where he started musician. yeah yeah oh, see I, I know nothing about him yeah. at all i i watched speaking of zombie i watched double rejects and house of a thousand corpses like recently nice, nice. rad did you like them yeah you know, exploitation, like, you know, like, it's, he, I mean, I didn't, I didn't like that Halloween, the, his Halloween remake, but like those two, it's just like mm-hmm. a lot of atmospheric stuff and just pure human depravity and like mm-hmm. viciousness, which I'm like, all right. Sounds it's good. along the lines of like Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I buy what you're selling. I get it. Like mm-hmm. it seems, you, it seems all pretty intentional here. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen either of those yet. But they they're on my watch list because I know they're really popular. So. They're yeah, very popular. Yeah, I mean, I it, the first like House of a Thousand Corpses. I actually I have a hot take. I actually like a little better just because its atmospheric work is so much more chilling, and it feels mm-hmm. so much more like I don't know. Like is it, that, it, that's its debut, right? I think so. Like, but that was a cult hit, and now and it turned into like a haunted house at, for yeah. Universal, and you can really feel it in that movie. Devil's Rejects is like almost totally different in some ways, and so I like it just for different reasons. But first, House of Thousand Corpses is pretty like it's like definitely a movie you could watch it with the night of lights off, like midnight and like total like Halloween, total kind of film. Yeah. Did you guys know that we are from the same hometown? Rob Zombie. Oh, you and Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? Where is that? Haverhill, Massachusetts. I don't know where I thought um, he was from. I just didn't think he was from there. Yeah, like you know what I mean. I you know, like he was from California. He yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or like Texas. Um, I don't know. I didn't think he was from like a suburb. Yeah, seriously. 
I mean, he really did. You know that me and Daniel Panabaker from the same hometown? Hey, hey. She. uh, I also watched the remake of The Crazies recently, the Romero film, Mm -hmm. the remake with Timothy Olyphant. She's in that. Mm -hmm. Is she? Yeah. She's in um, the Friday the Thirteenth remake, I think. Either she is, or someone who looks exactly like her. Jared Paladecki. No. Yeah. Right. Exactly. She plays Jason. Actually. <laughs> I would. I would watch it. Hey. Yeah. Clay, how old um, is Rob Zombie? Tell me quick. Fifties. I'm gonna guess fifty-seven. Oh, all right. Clay, what do you say? Fifty-three. 56. Damn. Payton gets my dollar. All right, there you go. <laughs> Damn. Crazy. Uh, uh, Nightcrawler. That's right. We're talking about yes. Nightcrawler. Payton, when um, was the first time that you saw this movie? My freshman year of college, I mm-hmm. saw it because it was on Netflix. And I really liked Jake Gyllenhaal. And so I was trying to go through. Like, what was your history with Gyllenhaal? Honestly, childhood crush to yeah. me being like, maybe I should yeah. actually see what he does. <laughs> but why is he like, so talented? I just, I just like <laughs> looking into his eyes. What oh, he's an, act- like, he's an actor. What's acting again? Yeah, exactly. I love his lush beard and mm. his eyes and yes. maybe his films if I would watch them. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I was just like, I, I knew that um, I had heard that that was a movie that people thought he should have like won an Oscar for. Mm-hmm. And yep. I'm also just super into thrillers, which I feel like comes from me like liking horror movies so much. And so I was like, okay, it's a thriller. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. And so I was like, I'll watch it. And then I remember being like, that was fucked up. But I loved yeah. it. <laughs> he plays like the devil. Like that's like yeah. kind of it's like a horror film. Like he plays the actual like devil, Lucifer himself. Right. And I mean, since then I've watched it like I don't know, probably close to ten times. I've seen that movie yeah. a lot. Yeah. I wrote a piece I mean, on it actually. Ten times. You are definitely the child who watched Friday the Thirteenth or not um, Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street at eight. I like showing it to people. That's yeah. why I've watched it so many times. Because I'm like, if you haven't seen it, I'm like, we're gonna watch it. Because I like it's like a li- it's a litmus test. Yeah, exactly. One of my best yeah. friends is the most like morally sound person that I know, and so she's absolutely horrified by anything that's. That's like... so funny. This is the wrong so, like, movie to show someone who has like morals. I know. <laughs> exactly. So I was yeah. like, you have to responsible. Watch this movie. And she yeah. was just like tweets the whole time, but it was so. Never funny. show her a Rob Zombie film. Never show her a Rob Zombie film. I'm hesitant to show myself Rob Zombie films. So That's a good point. Good point. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. What? What? So. Generous. So. Maybe overestimating. Twenty. So 2015. Um. Was that so? Like you were still you freshman year of college. So where was that? So that was after the master, right? Like that. After you saw the master. Yes. But I mean, I was a freshman in college in 2017. So mm-hmm. I didn't see the movie when it came out. I saw it like. Oh, interesting. Netflix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I think this is another one like we talked about with the invitation and a little bit like the master. Like this gave Nightcrawler, like Netflix gave Nightcrawler a second life a little bit. Oh, I um, I don't remember how it did at the box office. I do not, okay. I don't think it did, I think it did like middling. I think it did okay. Um, but this was, this was how I, I found it as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and I saw this at a really important time because I hadn't seen many movies in 2014. Um, 
this was right after Interstellar. Interstellar really got me hyped and, and kind of showed me things that a movie couldn't do that I didn't know it, they can do. And I didn't know where to go. Like, my taste was pretty malleable from there. Um, and I hadn't actually... I was I, I was trying to think about this today, and I don't think I knew a person named Jake Gyllenhaal, actually. Like, this could be my first exposure, which is pretty oh, crazy. Really? I just knew that there's a person named Jake Gyllenhaal, and um, there's a performance he gave that a lot of people think should be nominated for an Oscar. And at the time, I'm like, okay, well, that's that's a point of significance i i get and like i don't yeah like i think it was just more the oscar hype and this was sort of looking back one of those performances that is probably sixth or seventh place and just didn't make it into the five and it rewatching it as many times as i think myself and peyton have it's like god damn it why don't you like especially with that five this year like oh my gosh so yeah. i saw it in I saw it in, in 2014, and just uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like I adored this thing. It's it's so mesmerizing. Um, it's it kind of played to me as like a feel good movie, but with no catharsis. Um, like like a crowd pleaser, but but with like no rousing moment at the end. Um, like that sort of feel good part. Yeah, yeah feel like good part. I'm, like that sort of like found. where where I. Uh, I found a lot of the structure to be a little bit familiar because it's like this person that came from nothing and then he goes to something and he's sort of. What do you mean by feel good? It was, yeah, I think it's, it's more just. Just kind of like the anti-hero, like building himself up thing. I think so. Where it's like yeah, typically it was... that's kind of like a feel good narrative, but they like spun it. Yeah, and, and it's like he just came from – he just looks kind of crazy at the very beginning, and you're like, wow, it's such such an interesting look. But So you're just like – like so you're just like, like really engaged by it. Yeah, I was just so in awe in, in 2014, but – Yeah. But yeah, and I've seen this – and I've seen this um, a few more times since then. I, I've actually also um, showed it to a few friends um, and, and also Showtime – had it um on their on their slate so it's like i've caught it when it's when it's showing on there so it's yeah it's it's just so it's so good i love the way it captures la um robert else los shot angeles yeah. city of angels as they call it <laughs> That's right. i kind of um, get the feel good thing too because i just feel like i mean i don't know that i would describe it like as a feel-good movie but i think like as me again mentioning that I like love horror movies and thrillers like when you watch something like when I watch something it really disturbs me I'm like holy shit this is exciting for me I'm like this is kind of cool yeah. that it's like making me feel so strongly about something and I feel like part of that is if you I feel like anyone who watches a lot of like of any genre it takes something you kind of build up a tolerance to it where it takes something kind of specific to like rouse you in a specific yeah way. to break that mold yeah yeah I guess I don't really know. I was I was trying. I'm having trouble putting it differently, but it's it's like I I kind of got the sense like I know where Gilroy was trying to subvert with it, and to yeah. see it subvert it so su successfully it was it was just like I'd never seen something like this before. Um, right. 
It's a hell of a directorial debut too. Yeah, that's yeah. insane that it's his first. I think it definitely it definitely shows that it's a writer first, then mm-hmm. adopting into a director's chair. Like it, it's such an original thought and idea, but and it's such a it's such a scathing critique of um, like business and success. And it's a movie that just despises people. It's <laughs> a horror movie, yeah. and the <laughs> horror villain is capitalism. And there's no, vi- there's no, yeah. there's no violence. There's just no. I mean, bloodshed. there's violence. People get, or, like, get shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess there's, there's like very little violence, but then that just makes it a, a thriller. And there's no action it's... movie violence. Like there's no, no grand, no, no. like quick cut Jason Bourne, yeah, John Wick sort of like violence that makes a big deal out of itself. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of the times I feel like we're because of like what the whole movie is about. It's like we're seeing the aftermath of it. And oh, like, like the gunshots feel terrifying. Like yeah. like like each gunshot feels unexpected and terrifying, which is not like so like you said, it's not like a violent movie in the sense of it's based on violence. It's like it's always you know for some reason like each time there's a gunshot in this movie, I like jump. I don't know mm-hmm. and that and if you're watching like you said John Wick, it's like gunshot 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 but you know it's like this it's like it's like a terrifying it's numbing right yeah it's like oh shit what's happening um yeah i get that uh i saw this had to be 2014 before i got a letterbox because it's not logged but i did watch it um i feel like i might have watched it on netflix too but maybe not in 2014 because that would have been in theaters i probably maybe like rented it on like itunes or something um right when i was getting into movies that year like yacht whiplash birdman that kind of stuff where i'm just like critics let me let's 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 see what they're saying about things let's see what i gotta watch because i'm ready to watch some stuff and critics they know where their head's at um and you know I guess they do. Um, but so I just started, you know, watching stuff and they were like, Jake Gyllenhaal. Hey, he's pretty good in that. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll watch it. Uh, watched it. Thought it was good. I don't really, I was so, so young. I was like 15 or 14 at the time. I'm just like, I'm thinking about it now. Like, there's no way I understood half the things going on in that movie. I mean, it's not like it's complicated, but what it's based on, like the actual, like, like economics of it in the like in the literal sense of what it's like portraying in a gig if you ask 14 year old clay what the fuck a gig economy was he'd punch you in the no he wouldn't uh but like he wouldn't know what that is and um i think i'm with you but i think i i i understood it because you're right it's not um it's not complicated, but I like the visual storytelling is so sound. Oh no! I mean, like I wasn't like confused. No, no, I get what you yeah. mean. I mean, myself, I, yeah. I was it. Was, it was a satisfying thriller, but I didn't read like I just didn't read anything into it. I'm just like that was a good movie. He gave a good performance. Let us move on. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just wasn't like blown away by it because I just didn't understand like half the things it was trying to say. Um, I mean, I think that's fair mm-hmm. though. Like being 14 or yeah. 15, you don't have that sort of like understand of like understanding of the news to such a deep level and like exactly yeah that, narratives yeah. are so nuanced and like pushed in these really subtle undertone kind of ways i feel like that's something that just comes with like getting older if i would have watched it when i was 15 i wouldn't have like i would have yeah. like taken it very surface exactly I, yeah i just thought oh effective thriller let us continue forward in life um right. and I, I i would refer to myself as a 14 year old as us i would it would be third person uh, it was very normal um, but like, 
it's funny though because you were talking about like how well how well did this movie do at the box office? How popular was it? And I mean, it made like forty mil. Would it win best popular film if that were? No, it didn't. Uh, it made like it made just under fifty mil worldwide and was on a eight eight and a half million dollar budget. Like you said, streaming probably helped it. I have people that I know who I've not recommended to, like who are just like movie, like who don't really know movies but just watch it occasionally. Have seen this movie. I have a I have a friend, um, and when we met, um, she was like, and when she found out I was into movies, she um, she was like, oh, have you seen Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal? And I'm like. I have seen Nightcrawler. I have seen Nightcrawler. Yeah, it's just like I, I, was, I was like, yeah, I guess, yeah, I have seen that movie. You've seen that movie. Why have you seen that movie? Um, but and like, that person I, like, was Rene Russo, actually. No, if she was my friend, I would not be doing this podcast. I would just be talking to Rene Russo. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry, but like that would be my entire time was being Rene Russo's friend. That would be my job. Sure. That would no, be I, my status in life. Yeah. As personal um, assistant. Yeah. Uh, but that friend also has a big crush on Jake Gyllenhaal, so there you go. And it's funny, though, because, like, besides, like, films like October Sky or maybe some of his rom-coms, it's just, like, he's usually just playing some really fucked-up characters. Yeah, he like, always challenged himself. Right? It, so it's weird, but he is, you think like... think Ed Zwick really, like, really pushed him to the edge on Love and Other Drugs? Like, was that and, Ed... And him, wait, that was Ed Zwick, Zwick isn't that crazy? Yeah, like, you know... Um, wow. The guy who directed Pond Blood Sam- Diamond and like, The Last Samurai? Glory and Pawn Sacrifice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ed Zwick, I guarantee you. <laughs> Hollywood was on it's one. It's an insane. It's an insane. They were on one. <laughs> His filmography is pretty insane. Because, I mean, I before watching Nightcrawler, I knew him as like being like a rom-com kind of person. Yeah. But that's like only a very small sort of corner of his yeah filmography he doesn't have a project where you started to crush on him was there that project where you're just like jake gyllenhaal man he's awesome i think i had my cousin was watching love and other drugs once when i was like 10 and i I don't know when did that movie come out maybe i was a little older i want to say 2009 is my gut well i would have been that year i think (laughs) i think it's interesting that you're right he doesn't have many continuous runs like McConaughey yeah. or Ben Affleck have of just like I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I would have been like probably ten or eleven. And I was just we like, can cover- oh, cute. I'm yeah. gonna commit to that as my celebrity crush. <laughs> and then I was like never seen any If I recall correctly, before. that's the one where everybody was like we're gonna see Jake's dong in this one. <laughs> like it he has a dong shot. But I don't think if, he does. I could be like that was the big I mean, advertisement of of the movie. Hell of an advertisement! Isn't he naked on the poster? Yes. He is. Yeah, it's hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but like, but yeah, yeah. No, he. I like his like thriller roles when he plays like those really dark characters. Because yeah. like even an enemy, yeah. like you get that. He's really good at doing, and I wouldn't necessarily say in Nightcrawler he has, like, a very, like, quiet suggestion of, like, derangement. I feel like it's pretty apparent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like, in Enemy, there's that quiet, like, sense of it. But then I feel like in Nightcrawler it's this weird, like, have you guys seen Creep? Oh, I know that one. The Duplass film? Yeah, Duplass. Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like it's the same sort of thing where it's like this dude who's like hyper and he's like talking all the time and you're like this dude's weird but maybe yeah. I'm being judgmental but like, yeah that's true is that's not. true well I and always I feel think like of it's that like sense of trying to trust your gut mm-hmm. that like makes him scary he's I, like I the kind of person I, I, who would be like you would you don't assume he's a serial killer but if someone told you he's a serial killer you'd be like yeah okay yeah so I always <laughs> like in the Lou character to Jack Torrance right like Torrance in the, in the Shining never ceases to to surprise us that he'll turn on Jack and Wendy because he's Jack Nicholson. Like he looks like a creature. He doesn't look like a person. And like Jack Nicholson is just his face. It's not like it's disproportionate, and it, it's, it's not, not like normal. it's not normal. And I think the way that Joan Hall dresses as in in uh, Nightcrawler, like it's. It's a very similar thing that they don't have like, oh man, they really went from like a roller coaster physically. Like he doesn't look. Yeah, it's not a transformative. Yeah, it's, performance. it's not transformative. It's like, um, he's that person. Yeah. Beginning. And it's more just movie. like yeah. when is he going? To, it's a when is he going to break? It's not if he's going to break. Yeah. And that yeah. I think that or is he already broken? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is what makes that scene where he like shatters the mirror so impactful is because we see him the like classic keep his gift, cool. Right? Yeah, we, he's like keeping his cool. Like he's getting irritated, but he's not breaking. You don't see any like rage. He's just this very like on the same level all the time. And then mm-hmm. that's the first time that he like really explodes, and the only time he really explodes. Because can I spoil it? I can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. Really, yeah, we don't do spoiler okay. sections. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Because um, like I mean, even at the end when Riz Ahmed when he sets up Riz Ahmed, and he's just so cool about it. And so calm, but you, you can't know lose untrustworthy like, employees. Exactly, right, but you know yeah. it's like coming from a place of like, like narcissism, obviously, but also just like anger and like frustration. But oh, you yeah. never see it until yeah. that like one moment in the middle of the movie is the only time you see him. Like he's very aware of his anger throughout the like, like the whole like his confrontation with Bill Paxton is like. What I feel like right now is grabbing you by the ear and telling you I'm not fucking interested. But instead, on, I'm going to go home Let's start this thing do... together. Why don't we just work together, bro? Yeah. This was the I... first... I mean, we can... This was the first I've, I've... I knew about Paxton. Like, this was... And then he passed away shortly after this. Like, we'll get it... I think was it shortly to... after? I, I, be- I mean, I believe it so. It feels but, like but... yesterday. Yeah, but right? He... It's it's a bummer. It stings to see him. In no, he died time, in but... 2017. That was like three years after. Ah, maybe I'm thinking else that was, that was soon after. But this, um, yeah, this was the first time I ever saw him in anything. But when he's like, grab, like he says, like you know, grabbing. Um, I feel like grabbing you by the ear and yelling in your face. I'm not fucking interested. And then instead, I'm going to go home and do some accounting. Like, he's always, you can just, that him by saying that, it's just like, oh, he's willing to break at any moment, but he's do, using all of his power not to. It's all yeah. he's doing. And that level of control is, like, scary. Super And I scary. mean, like, even, even kind of parallel to that example, when he's talking to, um, her character's name is Nina, right? Renee mm-hmm. Russo? Yeah. And he's, like, Nina. talking to her, and he's trying to negotiate with her, and he's like, I want this, I want this. And then he's like, and I want you to do the things that I ask you to do when we're alone in your apartment. And then he like screams, he's like, not like the last time. 
and it's just so, so upsetting. Like, it's so haunting. upsetting. It's so upsetting because, of course, yeah. you never see like any of those instances, which I'm glad for, for yeah. multiple reasons. But that's what makes it like even creepier and like more chilling is just the suggestion of what that's like. And you just like I don't think Nina even says anything. It's just like the look on her face, and you're like, this dude is fucked. Like mm-hmm. they don't more so make... than what we're even seeing. They don't make any physical contact with each other. Besides maybe like hand like a hand like on the back there or whatever, but it's like they don't touch each other at all. Yeah. And it feels so intimate, but in the worst way possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, it's so it's so weird, just like those little like hints at things that we don't see. And mm-hmm. just like the hints at how much further he goes that we don't that we don't get to see makes his character even more like just like stay away from me. Yeah, Gilmore, it's, it's just... all about potential with him. It's all like, what could he potentially do? What are, what what is he capable of doing? Because he's so like mysterious. Feels weird because it's like we kind of know what he's doing, but it he does feel like unpredictable. It's probably the best way I would put it. Because you're just like he obviously has no like moral restrictions, so he could do anything he possibly wanted to at any moment because that's who he is. And so you're just like it's all like what the fuck like he could do like he could kill me now i don't know like yeah and it's what makes that last i think it's the very last line of the movie when he's like i would never ask you to do anything i wouldn't do myself myself. it's like well that's not a fucking lot (laughs) (laughs) he's like do you understand what you said what what you mean by that like you're like yeah it's like sometimes like i mean do realize people don't act like this I really do love this Lou character. I think that's what makes me think about it as much as I do, and what made such a big impression. It was, I think it's everything surrounding the character, but um, Lou's in every scene in the movie. There's nothing with that. I mean, like a few things with like um, Ted Shaw from Mad Men and Rene Russo, but it was, it was like, he keeps spitting out these work ethic and poster board quips and sayings like don't come to me with a problem come to me with a solution i have enough of those or like things like and it's just a machine of it's it's a machine that's built on rules and just trying to figure out how to cram in enough of these sayings into a person and like getting what you want but not caring how to get it is just sort of lose whole mentality. And it's, it's like, he's been built for that. It's not like he figured it out as a strategy. And it's such, it's a little bit like he's an alien. He's trying to like study human life, right? Like he does, he doesn't like know what else to do. Like we don't see him. He's not like, he's not a human being for me. No, he never has been. He's a creature. It's weird dichotomy too, with the fact that like, He's so by the book when it comes to certain things, but he has absolutely no moral rules or regulations. Put your seatbelt on. He like emphasizes that <laughs> at one point. Like, yeah. Dude, what? Like, um, his you guys have you? This is gonna be really random. But I promise you, it's going somewhere. Have you guys seen the movie Office Space? I haven't. Okay. Do you know who? Get uh, you know? Okay, Gary Cole. In that movie, great character actor. He plays the boss. He plays the um, 
well, I'm going to have to need you to come in on Saturday. Uh, that like, you know, Is it not William Fickner? No, they look very similar, though. That's a good call. No, Gary Cole. Um, they look very similar, though, and are in casted almost in the same exact roles. Um, but, like, he's this very typical, like, boss who's, like, passive-aggressive, but also is trying to be your friend. Just, like, someone you'd just be like, I don't like you. And you, you're trying to be friendly, but I don't like you. Um, it's, like, Lou Bloom's, like, entire dialogue is Gary Cole's posters he has around his cubicle. That's, like, how I would put it. It's, like, his entire dialogue is so focused on, like, transaction and also, like, business and communication of, like, you know, like you said earlier, Jack, like, don't come to me with a problem unless you have a solution. You know, it, just all these, like, quips and these sayings that he reads, like, on, like, like is, in the beginning, there's, like, a radio, like, the radio's going on and there's, like, uh, someone's pr promoting their self-help book or, like, business strategy book, just basically, like, a, you know, how to be the best entrepreneur you can be kind of shit the like best it's in the background. You can be. Right. yeah it's like whatever like self-help like business strategies how to get ahead in life how to be your best boss that kind of shit anything he says is from is from that book almost anything he says is from that like just all of it is so it's like he's practiced everything he's ever said in the mirror mm -hmm. yeah. every line he says to people is like you've said that to yourself five times before just all these sayings and all these little ways to, like, negotiate. It's like he practices every conversation he has before he has it. It's so, like, it's all predetermined and focused in, like, like, uh, what's it? It's all this, this slime. He's just a snake. You feel gross after you watch, like, a scene with him. You feel, like, dirty. Because yeah. like you could just tell. He's like a human being. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like an alien. Like you said, he's a sociopath who's just doesn't he's just operating among us he's like he definitely you wouldn't be surprised if he ripped off his face in the middle of the movie and showed it to be like a bug like he's like yeah. he's like in he's in like a meat suit he's like not it, no i'm serious like yeah i mean it's funny yeah. but it's like that's who he is that's exactly what you know happens, there's yeah. there's like at one point obviously he steals that watch from that police officer and he has those sunglasses that he wears sometimes and like yes, he's he's a thief. It, he just takes things that he wants, but it's it's almost as if Lou just acquires acquires things to fit in more with people, and it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Post the sure. of capitalist values. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I feel like even in the beginning, it's like before you know anything about like what he's going to do, like first watch, like you almost have sympathy for him. Cause he's going in there and he's like putting everything out on the table being like, I can do this, this and this. I just need a job. He's and trying so like, oh. hard. Yeah. And you're like, Oh man, that sucks. He's weird, <laughs> but that sucks. <laughs> and then you just see further and further and further just devolving into just becoming less and less human. But I'm yeah, interested. It's, a, it's like a little weird, the fact that he stumbled upon um, Paxton shooting the car crash. Like it's it's almost like the car crash was brought to him as an Spain. avenue. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. Like the industry be, wanted him. Yeah, this should be like a ray of sunshine on a horrific car crash. Oh, it's a um, light bulb. It's like a yeah, light bulb, light, like yeah. turning on. Because he always had these instincts and lack of. 
human care, <laughs> but it's it's just he needed something to focus in on because um, he's gathered all this and absorbed the leadership business um, artificial mentality, but it's now just video production news is the thing to really hone in all these all these strengths that come off as so sleazy and slimy. Yeah, this thing yeah. fucking rocks. <laughs> this thing. But it it does. But I think even like as as unhuman and like alien and psychopathic as he is, like mm-hmm. he's not doing anything that isn't done in the real world. Like exactly. yeah. It's not yeah. like it's not just a movie. Like it is, but like the like the things that he's doing and like the values that like he's operating on and the things that these like um news channels are wanting, like it's real. And, and I that's think that it's it even more fucked up. It's an interesting mm. thing with with Lou because he stems from uh, the early two thousands rise of antiheroes um, on television, and then carry through with um, going in, into film, and, and it's just like antiheroes have now been ingrained in, into pop culture that we don't typically agree um, or want to believe that we see these actions taking place in in the real world, but with Lou, it's, it's like the complete opposite. Like these are, these are very much real. And yeah, he's, it's, it's fascinating to see like, these are morality in question, but it's, it's done for just a televised broadcast that we then accept as entertainment. But it's just like they said, it's um a white woman, like, scream with her head cut off or something like that's that's the way they they put it yeah with her um throat slit yeah yeah like um screaming um but the difference but but the interesting thing you bring up the anti-hero part which is definitely feels like inspired and you know of course you go back to the 70s with the anti-hero stuff too but like the thing with the difference between uh lou bloom and tony soprano and heisenberg and fucking like oh yeah oh yeah these anti-heroes they like there's a lot of comparisons to taxi driver as well yeah taxi driver but like well like okay you taxi driver he is like you know he he wants to like like uh travis bickle wants to be like good or whatever you know he wants to be like seen as a good person and feels wants to do something righteous he Um, wants to clean up the streets yeah what and you know he's still murdering psychopath but you know whatever he has good right. and, and what's in, what's interesting about the ending of that is like he's then um glorified and upheld to just because yeah totally killed, yeah um, yeah martin scorsese loves yeah. people like that you know we, we he can't he can't get enough of them Sar- right. sarcasm sarcasm um well, that was, that was like yeah, yeah yeah um and what was i gonna say but yeah, and so like in Tony Soprano and Heisenberg, they have, I, I forgot, uh, Walter White, there we are. Uh, they have families. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. Walter White starts that shit because, you know, he's trying to pay for his cancer. Of course, he turns into a monster, but, you know, that's like, there's something there that you can, like, there's, no, I don't know if yeah. redeemable is the correct thing, but there's something human about those characters. Yeah, and, like, and there's a history to them. Yeah. yeah, and there's, like, something, like, there connects them, something, they're so, like, oh, that's where, like, your emotions can come from. Yeah, There's, so like, like, something emotional there. With I always, I always was, I was always taught, like, Mad Men 
is grouped in with The Sopranos and Breaking Bad with like those are the antiheroes of the golden age of television. And when, when I was first watching Mad Men a few years ago, it was like, no, Don Draper's in a bad. He's just sad. Like he's just sad. Like he doesn't do anything yeah, wrong. Like he's, he's kind of he can be of like yeah. he can be like crabby sometimes, but it's just like he's just had a rough childhood. Um, yeah, so it's it's fascinating but, to see the differentiations. But those like, anti-heroes that, you know, like a mid-2000s prestige television, The Shield or whatever, like all that shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's something humane about them, even yeah. though they yeah. might be inhuman. Mm-hmm. Lil Bloom, there's no, he doesn't, <laughs> you don't see his mother, you don't see his father, you don't see his cousins, you don't see his niece or nephew, you don't see a friend. There's, he is completely isolated and alone and fucking crazy. There's no redeemable things about him. There's no good intentions. There's no righteousness about him. It's all just pure transactional um, uh, criminality. Like, it's all this pure just, like, I'm trying to get mine in the best way I can be. All I'm fo- he's his career, whatever the Rick fuck could be that like is, a cat to him is his life. Still, like if it, yeah, like Rick could be a cat and he'd still like be satisfied with the with the work that's being done. Yeah, and I feel like they're set up very similarly in the fact that like they're both introduced as like people looking for jobs, people desperate for jobs, people desperate to make money, but then they couldn't be more different as characters. Yeah. Rick's an actual person. He's like <laughs> yeah. a human being. Right. There's blood um, beating through his veins. Exactly. Yeah, you see, like, terror. And, like, I mean, of course, like, Lou has some moments of, like, oh, he's, like, stressed out or, like, he's really... Like, there's emotion that he shows. He's not emotionalist. I mean, he is at certain parts, which makes him scary. But, like, mm-hmm. he's still in... Like, he still reacts to things. He's not, like, yeah. not present. He's not, like, a... It's like Gilroy like... writes explicitly. It's not like he doesn't care for people. He just doesn't like them. <laughs> it's yeah, not like he doesn't exactly. get people. Yeah. Um, yeah. What yeah. Rick's... isn't that I don't understand people, but that I don't like them. Yeah, it's great. Great line. It's, and it's not like... I heard that line, I was like, oh, my God, I, yeah. like, need to take a shower. I feel so gross. It's so Cause gross. Because that, that line is towards the end of the movie, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know how you yeah, don't run out of the car after thing. someone says that. I run, I break open the door, and I run (laughs) screaming. Because that's when you know you're like, something's going to (laughs) happen. Bro, he looked him in the eyes, and he said that to him, and now something is going to happen. It's not like just dread. Yeah, seriously. And Rick is such a tragic character. Yeah, but throughout the movie, I feel like there's so much, like, anticipation and, like, nervousness. But when then, is he gonna like, break? after he says that line, it's like, oh, I'm dread. Like, it's just dread. Because <laughs> I'm yeah, like, totally. something is going to happen. And I I don't think that the ending was predictable with, with no. Rick, but I was When I first saw it, I, I do remember. something was going to go wrong. Yeah, when I first saw it, even though it was long ago, again, like six years ago, uh, seven, whatever. Um, Like, I still remember being like, holy shit, he shot him. Like, he's <laughs> dead. He got shot, like a bunch. He, like, yeah. like I was like, just like I didn't know you could do that. Like, that's a ending you can have for this movie. Is that Rick gets yeah. shot? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't kill a main character. Yeah. It was also just like, I. It's one. It, it, that was the one line. Even though, like, I guess he kind of attempted murder with Paxton, but it was like that's a pair. Like, he didn't like that character, obviously. And it's like, okay, that was an asshole. We, you know, we don't like assholes. This is a movie. You know, assholes, yeah. no, no, no. 
Um, but like with Rick, you're just like, oh, I mean, they have some disagreements, but then he shoots right. him, just like, oh, 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 okay. There's no line. There's no line. That was the end of there was that was the point where there's like, oh, you have no line. And there's it's no interesting when line Paxton is brought out on the stretcher. Like I, I, I see that power dynamic. If Paxton ever saw Lou out on a stretcher. It's just like, oh my god, are you okay? Like, I'll follow you to the hospital. I'll be right behind. Um, you know, like it's one videographer looking out for another. But instead, it's just like, <laughs> I need to get the best angle for this I can. Um, and, and that it's, shot the, yeah. of him seeing him is so yeah. creepy when he's yeah, it's holding fantastic. the camera above his head yeah. and his eyes are like yeah. open. <laughs> the camera kind of like does a slow pan up to him. Like it's yeah. I love I think big, so much. jaunt, yeah. sunken eyes are just like staring at him, holding Honestly. his camera, and he just knows. I forget if it was this or if it was prisoners, but apparently Jake Gyllenhaal never blinks. In no, in prisoners roles. he blinks like incessantly. Oh, in prisoners he's like, yeah, it must have been this. Then. It's insane. It's like yeah. a character trait. It's he's always like twitch yeah. blinking. Yeah, that's another great, great performance, man. One actor. Yeah, it is. That one's a great one. But that, that one of those things that, you know, there's all these kind of like, oh, you know, apparently in this, they never do this. Like that kind of like uh, myth or trivia fact about a movie mm-hmm. with like the, he never blinks in this movie. That could very possibly be true. I didn't look for that. I didn't like mm-hmm. time the like, oh, there's a blink there. I, I don't know. But it's one of those things that the performance is so terrifying that you could believe it even if it's not true. Like that, I, I feel like that could just be a Mandela effect thing of just like people just like kept saying that even though it's not true, and everyone was just like, "Yeah, no, I mean, he probably doesn't blink in that movie. I bet, I bet." Like it, it, yeah. it he that's the the impact of his performance in that is just like he you you can believe that you can believe that the man has never blinked once in his life, even though yeah. Yeah. who knows like maybe that could be true. I, I again didn't time it or whatever. I didn't like pay attention to that, yeah. but. It could very well not be true, and just everyone just assumed so because it was so like I think, impactful. Yeah, part of it I feel like is also just how he looks. Like him losing all the weight, and he's so gaunt that his eyes are like so sunken and so he loses weight around so his eyes. Skeletal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like I mean, you lose weight in general. Like your face is one of the first places to show it, and he lost a ton of weight for that role. So his whole face is just so like bony and skeletal and like yeah. sunken it's that coyote thing that he was so hype on <laughs> and there was there was that um movie everest that came out the very next year and he looks completely different like he looks like he's added the weight back on and he has like a beard now so I'm, like it's god he just has so much range, of, yeah. didn't christian bale do the machinist and the dark knight like back to back it was the machine. Bale yeah, and he was is. the machinist in Batman Begins. In Batman Bale, Begins. Right. And the funny, I always forget about that one, Loki. But like he but he does that twenty different times. Like I mean there's the whole like, other he thing did of, so uh, much. His doc his like physician looked at him saying, If you do this like one more time, yeah. you're gonna die. Because like, I think he legit, got, oh, there's no way that Yeah, going from him. Vice to Ford v. Ferrari, I think that was the last draw. That and was then the famously there is Mm-hmm. Very, very much so. There's a, there's a famous story. He was, he gave an interview, and he was like, you know, he was having really trouble like putting on the weight, and he like called like so. This was during uh, Darkest Hour. Like this was around mm-hmm. the same time, and so he called Gary Oldman, and he's like, well, how did you like how did you manage to gain all that weight, man? And he's like, Gary was like, 
it was a fat suit. What are you talking about? It was a fat suit. Like he just he yeah. couldn't comprehend wearing a fat suit because he's so fu- like he's crazy. Like but like he's so yeah. just like yeah. I must be committed because yep. he gets he feels like a loser if he doesn't, which is you know he has a lot a lot going on. But yeah, legit. There's they, another. They, they, I mean, the, and the other famous one is the fighter in uh, Dark Knight Rise, Rises. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was between films. Right, and then I think Dark Knight, Rise, Dark Knight Rises and then going into American Hustle. I think he gained even more. I think that... I'm trying to get that chronology right. Yeah, that man needs to relax. Well, <laughs> he's doing he, too much. His doctor said, you do it again, you're dead. You yeah. die. Like, that's it. Like, you, your body can't yeah. contain this. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, alright, I guess I'm done. He needs, like, to do yeah, and he needs to do something chill like Newsies. Yeah, and like, in the with the machinist thing is like he gained all that weight for Batman Begins. He actually got a little too pudgy, and Nolan said, Mm-mm, "Lower this down." So then he did it. Like it was just, he, he's like he's just his body is just like this tipping scale. Because then he brought in Killian for the uh, understudy. He did. Yeah. yeah. Good old yeah. Killian. Your, bo- your boy. Um, but like, it. I'm glad that Jake isn't. He's not Bale. He's yeah. not like obsessed yeah, yeah, yeah. with maneuvering his weight, or he, and he's not Joaquin or Daniel Day. Like yeah. he, it, it seems. I'm not saying he's. He, I don't. I don't know his onset behavior. I, I'm no. I haven't heard stories. I don't think so. It's like I. He seems to be okay. I haven't heard. Yeah, like, bad I think things. from what I've from what I've heard, like he's he's just like I'm in character on set, and then when I'm not on set, I, I turn it off. Like I just yeah. um, like a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even exactly. though he's probably not normal. Yeah. I was like, I don't know anything about acting, but I feel like that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah, probably to like have I good relationships and be happy. Go home and be Lou Bloom. <laughs> like, dude, you couldn't. If I was, out. I I could not date him if that was like I couldn't. I I, I couldn't be his friend. I couldn't date him. Like I could like. If yeah. I was his, like, imagine I don't know if he has any kids. I actually have no uh, no understanding of his relationship. I don't think so, I don't believe so at all. He but if he had a kid know. and you and you came home as Lou Bloom to your child, mm. oh my gosh, child services, yeah, yeah. immediately child dial dial, dial dial. Yeah, and then just there's like, the other side. There's the other side of the coin where it's like Daniel Day Lewis and when he's preparing for Lincoln, it's just like he goes home and it's like his wife. Um, excuse me, that's that's Mr. Lincoln to you. Um, yeah. yeah, just like yeah, he's. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The cell I phone thing. I'd be like, don't tell me to call you Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, Mr. President. That. I'll make an exception. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, no, like, he... Gyllenhaal seems much more, like... He's not inter- He's not too interested in the pageantry and the mm-hmm. obnoxiousness right. of method acting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is good. He just loves acting. Of. He's just... Yeah, and, and you, I've... I kind of want to compare him to Ethan Hawke, sort of, um, because like, Ethan, like, he just, he just, he just loves acting. You know, he just like anything. Like, um, and similar to Ethan, um, I'll take it a step further. They're sometimes in things that don't work, but they don't work in those movies. They are they're always committing, and yeah, um, they. You mean they work in the movies, even though the movies don't work? Yeah, yeah. But I love both those guys. Is this our favorite John Hall performance? I don't know. I don't. Don't make me choose. I don't know. Well, that's a really he's, good question. He's great as Grace Smith and Zodiac and um, Jack that's and Rookback. Oh, oh, my heart. But, Did you really know the Zodiac Zodiac's character name off the top of your head? 
Um, I did, yeah. Uh, Respect. But Respect. It's also it's also the fact that we brought it up recently on another episode, so it's like, oh yeah. It's mm-hmm. Respect. Respect. <laughs> I think but. I would say this is probably my favorite performance of his. It's hard to beat it. I mean, yeah. him and Zodiac's good, but it's just like he's just like a different animal. Like, I mean, he's like an like he's an animal in this. Like, he's a creature. I mean, it's Bubble like Boys, he's a horror movie villain. Yes. Yeah. Um, like he's more inhumane than Freddy Krueger. That's what I feel like. Like he's more like like vicious yeah. and violent and disgusting. Even though he's not like as even though he doesn't commit the same atrocities with the same yeah. amount. Like he doesn't kill anyone personally. But the way like all that anger and his like fascination and his like how he can turn his brain off while he's yeah. moving a body is like and also like when he does that shit, he doesn't think about what he's doing for a second. He's just all focused on the yeah. shot. He's you could just see the determination in his face. He's like he when he's moving that body, he's not thinking about oh I'm moving a dead body. Okay, let's see wh- how would yeah. this look in the best angle. Well, it's like, not like okay, yeah. okay, okay, I'm moving this, I'm moving this. Like it's yeah, exactly. He's not like terrified himself. of moving a body. Yeah. He's like he like he's like you no, know, there's a there's yeah a, yeah there's a few yeah. shots in here where he like there's not many shots in the daytime. Like this is very much a nighttime picture, but it's like just. It, <laughs> He just blends into L.A. seamlessly. Oh, yeah. And I think that that, that is very startling as well. Um, he just walks into crowds and nobody, like, he's not, he doesn't have any anything he's striking right. about Lou yeah. um, that's startling. So it, that's, yeah, that's also just like, ugh, I can't get over that. I, think I also this, just have this, to mention yeah. how good I think the score is. Oh yeah, so good. Uh, James so Newton Howard, perfect. Oh, James yeah. Newton Howard did this. I, I believe so. They afforded him. I believe so. I mean, I don't he's... know. I, maybe he's maybe he's not a he doesn't charge a crazy price. But when it was like it's like a, under ten million dollars, I didn't assume he would do. Like he usually just does all these yeah. like blockbusters or mid budget stuff. Um, and you know, I think the way Newton Howard scores it, it kind of goes back to. Um, how I was deceived into thinking this was a feel-good picture. Like it, it sort of is oh, like yeah. a arousal thing. And, yes, it's and like it's, a sports like, film sometimes. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And and it's like it totally catches you off guard. When at least that was my thing. And when I, when we were we freshmen, dude. <laughs> well, um, when I first saw this, um, where it's it's like these these things that I'm so used to betraying my instincts. It's it's like wow, I. I and to see a character like this and everything surrounding him uh, technically is like pretty astounding. And even so, it, it works even when you know where it's going so well. Um, I think the I way think some this, of the yeah. shots are so picturesque too, just like of the LA skyline. Oh, yeah. Like it becomes such a character of itself. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, like when LA is captured so well, it's, it's like really memorable like this and collateral of course yeah i mean it's good it was gonna actually funny i was thinking the same thing because of the fucking coyote in that but like yeah. in collateral it is very much like nighttime vistas like in the hills looking yep. focusing on um the lights and the lights of the city and having that just be your main color aesthetic is whatever yeah. light is in ever whatever place you're at like if it's a street lamp if it's a home like you know home you know whatever it's like 
very much. It has that yellow in UC. Not it, not saying like it's yellow tinted like uh, fucking traffic or whatever, but it's like <laughs> that it's yellow. Well, that traffic from is, a the yellow lamp. in traffic is in Mexico. Like that. that yeah, one, yeah. The color uh, green is. Yeah, you um, see, you know, Soderbergh, he understands yeah. color. Um, but like, it's the kind of yellow you get at like one, two a.m., one a.m., and the light is hitting concrete. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's and I, it's I think like that's like the whole movie. Yellow. Yeah, it's a similar thing when we did the invitation. It's it's like mm-hmm. everything surrounding it is is so immersive. Yeah. That's the cold horror movie, right? About the cold yeah. yeah. Takes place in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, in Los Angeles, they're kind of wacky over there. You know, yeah. like the Hollywood elite, they're kind of hey. crazy. Hey. Scientology. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I've never uh, been to LA in my life, so. I've been once. It is yeah, cool. Same. Yeah, it's. I in, I went to the Grove and I was entertained. <laughs> oh, look, the Grove, the, the mall, grove, but like outside, what a concept! Okay, right, right. <laughs> There's like foliage near the Apple Store. What is going on? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, see, it was all right. It was cool. I don't know. I was like, I was, I wasn't like blown. Like, holy shit, L.A. Hollywood. Right. I was just kind of like, that oh, was a cool place. I think this is my favorite channel hall. I don't know. Like, I, I think this is one that stands out and, like, it definitely does have a special place um, just in, like, film viewing. Like, I I hadn't seen anything like this ever. <laughs> and to, and uh, Prisoners and Enemy and um, Wildlife, like, those were also great picks after. recently. Um, yeah, those were after. Um, stronger. Yeah, it's our well, third Gyllenhaal. This is our third drill in the We've covered, we covered Wildlife yeah, uh, and we've wildlife. covered Enemy. Enemy, yep. We like Jill and Hall. He's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We like him a lot. Um, um, yeah. My favorite Jill and Hall is I can't, Spider-Man I, I, Far I can't From wait. Home. No, I'm joking. Is it? Uh, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, he's fun in that movie. But no, I, it's, I think it's Nightcrawler for me, too. I think it's like, he's just this, he's. It's not End he's of also Watch. also like. Hmm? It's not End oh, of Watch. Oh, End of Watch. Movie. Oh, God. I, yeah, All right. Jesus. That's a rough Some... one. <laughs> uh, David Ayer. Okay, let's not talk yeah. about him. Um, I, I would rather talk about Rob Zombie than David fucking Ayer. Oh, like, any day. Legit. You... Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but, what was I going to say? Yeah, so, like, I know he says he's a coyote, and I guess, like, that's fine. You can have your opinion, <laughs> Jake. Um, but he's, to me, like, he's a vulture. He's, like, the human version of a vulture. Like he like this like he's just a pure just pick at any fucking dead carcass he can find. Whether it's like, you know, just and he he just that's he roams around it. Like you know, like you know how vultures or I think it's vultures, or this might be crows. They like circle around it. Yeah, it'd circle around dead carcasses and you're like, Oh, okay, cool, something died over there. That's him. Mm-hmm. He yeah. appears wherever the death and like violence and destruction and tragedy is. I mean, that's his job, of course, so it makes sense. But still, it feels... But even how he acts with such callousness, it's just like, he's there. Like, that's his incentive. You're talking about, um, Peyton, about how this is real in the sense of, like, these are real jobs that people do and these real actions people commit. I mean, I don't know if they move bodies, but who knows, probably. But, like, that... But is, and, you, uh, and you were talking about earlier, Jack, about how 
this is like this job incentivizes or like like um caters towards his dark impulses his inhumanity it's like the this industry created him basically i think like this kind of this kind of urges and these like societal yeah. like societal fascinations of violence and like this like dehumanization of people it created it mean it like he is the catalyst of it all like honestly and- he's He's like the actual personification of that industry. Yeah. Of he is what it is. Like it's all focused on transaction. It is dehumanizes. It's like dehumanizes mm-hmm. victims of any kind of violence or de- and people who die. And it's also is like someone who views it such. It like it, it's just built. It's all built on transaction and money and business and like ratings and all that kind of stuff. That's that's the only way his mind thinks is business and ratings. There's it's this the only thing uh, that computes. There's this podcast with uh, Jeff Goldsmith um, where he interviews different filmmakers. Um, I caught the one with Dan Gilroy when it came out, and he was he said like the exact same thing. Um, he never blames Lou, even though Lou is perpetuating this. Uh, he definitely sees Nina as also contributing to this. She's an enabler. As, she's an enabler yeah. as putting on real people's lives into a television show that we call the nine o'clock news. <laughs> right. So it's very interesting. But it's like, it's real both in the fact that it's like, yeah, there are people that, that do these jobs and the news wants to capture like horrifying imagery because it's what sticks with people and it's what gets people to turn things on. But it's also real in the fact of like, how the news like and i mean this movie was 2014 so this was pre-2016 pre like (laughs) the most partisan news that i feel like we've had Um, yeah good point good point. a little bit ahead of its time yeah yeah but it's it's like there's that part where um he's talking to rick and he's like we want we want victims but we don't want the kind that live on sixth and rampart oh yeah and it's like just like pushing these narratives pushing And I think even um, Nina says we want like urban crime creeping into the suburbs. And if that's not like real. We usually want white, well-off families be the victims of someone either poor or a minority. That's what she says. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's exactly how the news operates. So it's, it's, it's horrifying on all these different levels, on this personal level with Lou, but also on like just this like holding up a mirror to like, yeah, this is how the news works. And yeah, it's just I, as brutal yeah. as you think it is. That's definitely where the network influences come in, like the scathing critique of um, public news. And these are things that we all assume, but to hear them explicitly written um, is just like, oh, yeah, well, of course. Like, it's not that hard, hard of a sell. And this is just locally. That's the scary thing. It's not national yeah. news. This is local news. Do you <laughs> yeah. think... I mean, this yeah, is like, true. I mean, like, <laughs> Renee Russo is like the worst, like, like, she is like the best version of Rupert Murdoch, in a sense. Mm. Like, if, like, Rupert Murdoch is like, the, like, compared, like, he's even, he, that kind of thinking, that mythology, or uh, methodology, I should say, to yeah. fucking news in itself. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm not, it's not saying Fox is the only people who do this. Of course, it's everywhere. It's news in general. But 
Mm-hmm. That like, but and Nina isn't that, even like Diana Christensen in Network. Like she's not even this like figurehead that's rising to power, and she's no. young she's and yeah, you know, like she's, she's washed like, up and kind she's of. She might be you know, there for two yeah. more years and then gone. Like yeah, it's yeah, exactly. it's how sy- systemic it is. It's that it's yeah. at every kind of it's station there is. And it's interesting the fact that Luke catches her at this time, um, that she's so susceptible to gain his insight. Um, that's so easy to be lured into this this way of no rules in any profession, I, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's it was just much easier for her to not be like Lou. You are you are committing crimes. You are you are mishandling evidence. Um, I can't. I still can't remember the actor's name. But Ted Shaw from Mad Men. He's he's like you are starting to sound like Lou. Um, yeah, and that's that's when she's like, "Well, Lou is making a difference on all of us." So, um, speaking of like kind of like the political dynamics of Renee Russo is awesome in this. I wish she got. I wish she snuck into supporting actors. Yeah, she was great, phenomenal, yeah. perfect. Um, I don't think it's unintentional that Rick is a person of color. Mm, yeah, I don't. I don't either. Right. It's it seems pretty like oh like he is disposable. That's how Lou sees it. Lou is the, you know uh in like it the white establishment using, you know, black and brown bodies to create a news and entertain the white masses. Like it's it's all there. He's disposable and he's exploited. Exactly. The whole time. Yeah. And he's given pennies on the dollar in the moment that he ask for equal treatment or equal like you know um to be treated as an equal the moment that uh, he's discarded like garbage yeah and and it's it's like obviously his, you can't read that well in that in that one short scene and he doesn't have, like a house and it's just yeah he's very easy to manipulate and take advantage of um because he's like because they yeah, yeah he uses like i think the moment when He's at the interview the first time, and Lou's like, sell yourself. And he says, it took me, you know, I took three buses to get here. I live, like, I'm homeless, blah, blah, blah. My name's Rick. Uh, yeah, I mean, his name's Rick, so obviously. <laughs> um, but, like, Lou sees that, and he's like, oh, perfect. You're perfect. I can use you for sure. I can do, like, I will get you to do anything I want yeah. you to do because you have nowhere else to go. I mean, and, and it also, like, uh, Rizal Med like, uses some strengths in his arsenal, Sometimes, like, he has that deer in headlights sort of look at all, at all times, and that just benefits. But he also listens to what Lou says. He listens yeah. to every word. Because at one point, when they're running from the house, he says, like, you know, and, like, Lou is like, why didn't you come in, blah, blah, blah. If for, you know, like, a good thing to make yourself in this job market is invaluable. You should be an invaluable, like, you know, to make yourself so, like, you can't get fired. Make yourself, like, an invaluable asset. And so you can, you know... In, and Luke and Rick hears that for sure. And so what does he do? He makes himself an invaluable asset. He bargains with he bargains with Lou, saying, If you don't treat me as such, I'm invaluable because if I'm not, then I go straight to the police. Mm-hmm. I have protected myself. I have made myself this um I have given myself my own job security. You asked me to, you know, like use creative thinking and like make myself invaluable, make myself like a vital part. Well, I just did because I have leverage. 
And the moment he, and so like, even though Lou gives him all this advice, the moment that even Rick uses that advice for his own gain, Lou kills him. So it was never, that was never like, Lou says all that shit, but it's, he's, he's, he's a hypocrite. It, he didn't mean any of it. He's just, that's just the shit he read online. He tells it in the moment that an employee uses that. Even like like he, he acts like no one's listening. The moment he the employee uses that, he kills him. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. Like he's not. He's like all. It's just all power and like, it's all power and transactions to him. It's not actual. Like he's not giving anyone actual advice. He's just he's just dominating them. Mm-hmm. It's a fucked up movie. Fucked up movie. <laughs> it's very fucked up. It's a little yeah. bit like why we love watching criminals. Like you don't want to believe you could. It's a. It's it goes to like yourself. Like you wouldn't believe you could ever do these things. Although yeah. I have actually, I am a nightcrawler. I should come clean with. Yeah, that. I was gonna say, Jack. You oh. should yeah, I've, come I've clean. gathered I've for. Um, so, you know, I've. He crawls the night. Move on. Yeah, there yeah, was actually. A, there was actually. I I meant to mention this when I brought up the actual person that Dan Gerlard based this on. Um, he was actually asked by the reporter at one point, like, have you broken any rules? And he hesitates. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> and it's like, dude, why didn't you, yeah. you have rehearsed this? I, um, yeah. And it was like, at one, at one point where he's like, let me, he didn't say like, let me backtrack, but it's, it was almost like he should have. And he's like, we need to get to certain spots in LA pretty quick. And we do break the speed limit. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's what all you do. Right. That's all you do. Speed <laughs> limit, sure. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, but I don't know if it was um, you, Clay, or Jack that said that he's scarier than like Freddy Krueger. I feel like that's kind of um, the point with thrillers is that it's it's the proximity to like humanness that makes someone mm. scary. And it's like Freddy Krueger. I mean, Freddy Krueger is an interesting example because, as I don't know if you've seen the sequels, they just get like really stupid. Yeah, he like, turns into a comedian. Yeah, okay. exactly. He's doing stand up like, in the third like, one. <laughs> like, like Michael Myers or, or he has a Netflix special Jason, on the fifth one that kind of yeah. stay pretty evil and murderous throughout it. It's like there's supernatural aspects to both of them. Like, mm-hmm. there's no like full belief that like they are human beings that are just like committing atrocities it's like oh there are these monolithic slashers and the whole point is that they're killing and they don't really have like a reason like michael myers like kills without reason like there's no like oh he's he's the shape that's the thing like carpenter dehumanized him the moment that's the thing we talk about zombie again that's the kind of issue is that i mean it's an interesting ambition is to humanize my michael but like it just yeah. doesn't come off that well but like no. with but yeah like the the Fre- freddy like or not freddy uh jason no one fucking jason he has a hockey mask he kills teenagers like there's no real yeah. humanization there and so yeah. you know it's a good point it's like or like the xen- a xenomorph you know the the alien from Alien. Like it's like mm-hmm. it's an alien. Whatever. You know it's scary, but you you're, you're not like looking around the corner seeing if the xenomorph is going to come get you. <laughs> you know it's That's like we don't encounter that. We have no chance of encountering that. Exactly. In real exactly. life. Exactly. 
There are people and in, like Lou that exist. There are. And in space, no and one can hear you scream. That's true. There's an industry of Lou. I think that's the thing, is that even though Paxson isn't crazy as Lou, he's morally, he's probably not so different. Like, when he's he talks about that, that yeah. yeah, when he, ta- when he talks about that, fi- like, he gets his, the gets to the plane first, the plane that was in fire, it's like, yeah, dude, there's, like, five people, they were screaming, it's like, it's this industry incentivizes and creates mm. that. I mean, it's, like, also, like, capitalism, you know. <laughs> likes to use bodies as much as possible to, you know, further end, you know, selfish gain and dehumanize people and put them at, and like put dollar prices on like people in general. So, it's, you know, mm-hmm. and it it's, it it's, this is a movie that doesn't like people and everyone is mean to each other and tries to complete selfish goals. Um, and Lou wins in the end, like he wasn't brought oh, yeah. down by the police or um doesn't he knows like, this is how the world works i mean yeah. this be that fucking dark and pessimistic but that's that's how it works baby he wins every nine times out of ten he wins and i don't even think he's that intentional of being like well this is how the world works i think he just benefits from the fact that this is how the True. world works yeah exactly yeah he's not a met like he's yeah. not a mastermind he's smart yeah don't get me wrong like he's savvy he reads everything on the internet he's focused he's determined but he's not like yeah, oh, at one point, does he say, works. like, I'm, I spend all my time on a computer? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that. And that's He's where not he gets particularly into... calculated. No. Yeah. No, no, He's no, no. just unhinged and <laughs> chilling with it. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he just gets by. And it's also like, he's also, you know, <laughs> he's also like, the thing is, like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm just, there are some, like, interesting racial dynamics in that movie. Just, I mean, they're ex- at times explicitly said, because um, of, like, you know, like, oh, we want, you know, we want these type type of criminals with these type of, type of victims. Mm. Um, but it's like, he is, he is a white man who just walked out of a police station with nothing. Like, they couldn't get him. No. Easy. Done. Even when done. the cops show up to his house or to mm-hmm. his apartment or whatever to question him. And I know one of them's a black woman. Mm-hmm. The other, I think, is... And it's just, it's dude. interesting. Yeah. Like, oh, it's that interesting. detail. Yeah. And even even when, in that scene, um, uh, it's like the Lou and Nina walk and talk and she's explained to, to him, like, they're the objectives of the news station. And she's like, we don't want anything... We want something graphic, and she corrects him from saying bloody. He keeps um, saying bloody. Yeah, and that's an like interesting. Like, and she wants to morally distance herself from that because yeah. she doesn't want to admit that's what she means. Right. That's the funny right. thing about her. She doesn't. It's know almost she like she's human. still operating her job with filters on, and yeah, yeah. He, yeah. She still thinks she's human, but Lou she shows that she isn't. Her stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. On that, um, the point of like the kind of like undertones of like racial dynamics in it i might be remembering this wrong but they go to him and nina go to like a mexican restaurant yes and doesn't he speak like broken spanish to the waiter <laughs> oh i just like maybe i don't i, I, like I just that's... watched this movie today but it's so believable that if it yeah. it might be in the movie it might not but it's so believable that would happen mm. yeah i feel like it's just like either he's like ordering something but he just says it in the most like Americanized, broken yeah. Spanish. Well, and it's the just way like he that just, added detail. I love the way yeah. that scene is shot too, because it's like you think that this restaurant is just one booth. And it's, it's just oh like, yeah, it feels so yeah. secluded. So you didn't think yeah. there's other people there. Yeah. 
Um, but the way he describes it to her, I, you know, I've been told it captures the spirit of Mexico City or something like that. It's so. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're adventuring outside. Like Mexican, do you like Mexican food? It's so, you know, it's so like, exotic. Exactly. Exactly. He does. Yeah. It really does feel like that's why he wanted to pick it. Is like, well, what's the most? Exotic yes, I will take a quesadilla. Quesadilla. Yeah, exactly. You, you, he might say that Mexican cuisine in Los Angeles is. I know, exotic. crazy. Great. It's great. Like, do you like Mexican food? Los Angeles? I mean, it, like... Was California it, not Mexico? <laughs> before? Okay. Yeah, it's true. It's true. No, it's true. <laughs> sure, I don't think of that. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, no, it's like... Yeah, he's like a... I, I remember people calling him a White Walker. Because this was at the time that Game of Thrones was big. Is that, like, he looks like a White Walker. Oh, it's I just like how like, pale mil- well basically they're like ice monsters who look like dead and so like mm-hmm. that so it was funny though just like him him calling himself like a or like them or like just people on the internet calling him a white walker oh, oh no no, no wait no um, no no game of no, thrones I is a pretty up. big uh cultural blind spot for myself too um i lied that was for black mass that was for johnny depp and black mass I know. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how I got that mixed up, but okay, they were legitimately calling him a White Walker because he was so pale. But well, nope. hang on, like I'll, I'll try to connect this back to Joan Hall somehow. Like I remember that Black Mass, um, and around I'm the same time a year so, later. So Black Mass came out around the same time as Everest, who Jake Joan Hall is probably in. yeah, 2015, yes. yeah, probably. Yes, I believe September. Oh, also, Nightcrawler came out on October 31st. Did it? That's mm-hmm. pretty... You know what I just learned came out on October 31st, which is horrible placement for it? It's in the cut. Mamma Mia. Oh, in the cut. Oh, in yeah. the cut. That's horrible, oh. right? Like, why would you do that? That's a death sentence. Oh, that's not that movie. That's... Yeah, that's not... Oh. But this... Have I, you I think seen I, In the I Cut, think... Peyton? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, oh it's, it's a. I'm gonna try and slyly Google it because I have no idea. It's an erotic. <laughs> it's an erotic thriller with uh, Meg Ryan, directed by Jane Campion. Mark Ruffalo um, has a mustache. Oh. Mark Ruffalo Mark has Ruffalo. a insane mustache in that movie. Like that yes. mustache is like half the film for me. It's excellent. Oh, I see it. I see. It. I looked it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, boy, does it's he have on, a mustache in that? It's on Crackle. No, it's not. We he made love that up. Crackle. I gotta love Crackle. I think it's on. I I gotta be. I gotta, How did you I know that? That's what I'm trying. Because to I th- I watched it on Crackle, and I'm trying to remember if it's still there. Should you admit that? Isn't that like a crime? I am now put on a is list. Is the thing for watching something? What you say, Peyton? I love Crackle. I unironically said that I love Crackle. <laughs> you I haven't ironically, I haven't used Crackle, crackle so I can't slander. say. You love Crackle the same way that Clay loves Resident Evil, so I think we're all even now. Yeah, apparently, yeah, same. <laughs> I went through a massive Matthew Lillard phase like nice. a couple months ago, and I like Sick. found all of his movies on Crackle. Do you watch all the Scooby stuff? No, see, that's my blind spot. Oh, it's, my I know that I've seen those since I was a kid. Oh, he, he does. Like, well, after that movie, he did like the voice work for him for like years. And I mean, like, speaking yeah, yeah, of yeah. Wes Craven, like, Scream, obviously. Oh. One of the greats. Hey, yeah, Pearl. Yeah. Scream. Connecting yeah. the dots. Um, yeah, he's great. But, like, SLC Punk and, like, Dead Man's nice. Curve, I nice. watched on Crackle. Um, was this the first time that we saw Riz Ahmed in, in a film? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
Um, Jack is a psychopath, yeah. not a psychopath, but like he's the one person who actually saw him in Four Lions yeah. before. Like I, I had wow. seen Four Lions, um, like shortly before this. Um, I, re- I remember, and then I saw it again in a film class. But yeah, I just remember that was the movie that a lot of people in my middle school dared each other to see because it's for those that do not know, it's a movie that satirizes terrorists and terrorists in the middle east and it's this comedy about like um in rizla is the lead of the of the film and he's very funny like it's it's genuinely hysterical i don't know how well it holds up but it's uh, also better than Cumberbatch's in it. Friends who who've um, seen it recently say it's like really good ahead of its time. I I, th- I think it's very very funny. Um, like there's this there's this one scene where like uh, Riz Ahmed's character he's married and he has a kid, but like there's a bazooka right next to the dinner table and like they're just having breakfast and there's just like bombs. Oh it's so funny. Um, yeah, it sounds like the most racist yeah. shit when you hear when yeah. you hear it. But it's also but apparently yeah. it's like very like knowingly like it's very it tackles yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah, it's very much like tackles. Like there's like, this one time conservative when, like, reactionaries to and it's you know, kind and of, Islamophobia. Yeah, it's kind of big. It, it got or I think it it was it got bigger um, in the U.S. when I got a uh, a theater release when ISIS was pretty big. Um, I think that also like the timing of that. There's this there's this one scene towards the beginning when the terrorists are like making their threat videos and it's and it's like they keep on to redo them. And it's like uh that that video like it's like a um ransom video. Yeah, it's very funny. But yeah, that was my first exposure to Ahmed and and I recognized I recognized it cuz he has like a very memorable face and um Oh yeah. Yeah. Also yeah, a memorable and, voice. Yeah, that's true. And mm-hmm. then the one-two punch of this, and then the night of, shortly after, definitely helped his his that. stock. So. so good. It's uh, it's you you need will not to regret take that time yeah. watching that. Do not yeah. binge it. It is the thing about the night of also is like you do you do need to savor every episode. Um, but and there's there's so only much. six. On there's for forever. There's I'm only just six. Yeah. Watching TV shows. Yeah, same here. Same. same. There's not. There's not too many of them either. Like no, the six is just like the perfect amount. And it's uh, like a mini series. It's definitely like a mini yeah, series. Steve Zalian directed all of it, and Richard. Uh, um, I was gonna say Richard Pryor, but uh, Richard Price wrote wrote it. That the teleplay. <laughs> so it's it's just like it's, it's really it's really incredible. That was my uh, first it's, introduction it's like, to Bill Camp. Oh God, Bill Camp. Jeannie uh, Berlin. Uh, John Turturro. Yeah, John Turturro, of course. Michael um, K. Williams. Michael K. Williams. It's like the best Law and Order episode ever. It's pretty, pretty it the most like it, but but the most real, like actually mm, heavy. Yeah, it's like, very much out, like, like into yeah. the um, um, like the procedural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you think of Riz, Peyton? What's your thoughts on Mr. Ahmed? I need to watch more of his movies because I have only seen a few. I haven't seen Sound of Metal yet, which yeah. I know is sacrilegious. Yeah. Um, it's great. But yeah, I was like right in the middle of finals when the Oscars were happening. So I was like, no, not right now. Mm. Um, but it's definitely like that's my next like movie that I want to make sure I watch. Yes. But I, I like him. I mean, I've seen... Nightcrawler, and he's in the Sisters Brothers, kind of in yes. a slight role. 
Um, with Gyllenhaal. But, with Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. with Gyllenhaal, yeah. yeah. And uh, Joaquin and John C. Riley. Yeah. Um, stacked cast on that. Good movie. Um, Good. But I was looking at my at my letterbox because I was curious which of his movies I had seen because I was like, I know I haven't seen very many. Um, he's in Rogue One, apparently, which I haven't yes. seen since it came out. Yes. And Star Wars is another thing I'm not well versed on. Um Rogue One was the first Star Wars movie that I saw, which I heard is like the worst place to start because you have to like understand the character connections and stuff. It's Star it. Wars, it's fine. It's Star yeah. Wars. It's all it Star. I mean, like I, I don't I know. It was pretty good. Yeah, it's like uh, I don't know what the I don't know what's the worst place to start. I guess like Sky Rise of Skywalker would be the worst one to start with. Yeah, oh, and I don't want to think about that. Jason Bourne. Yes. Oh, for like two seconds. I it's him it's, and Alicia Vikander. There, he's in it for two seconds. Okay. I was like, I haven't seen Jason Bourne probably since 2016. Same. Same. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> he's not too far down on the cast list. He's like bad seven. movie though. So I was like, maybe he was a big part of it, and I just don't remember. Me, okay. I Honestly, was, I but... don't remember it too much, but I feel like I remember him being in it for two seconds. But I could be wrong. He might be. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's part of like Treadstone or the like. CIA or whatever, or whatever body of agency that is hunting him. Yeah, I think he's like what, like in that you know that pit. You know that how in every of those movies there's a like just a pit of technicians who are just work on like right. where the fuck is Jason? Yeah. You know, it's like you know, <laughs> and there's the something that says enhance like and then they yeah, exactly. enhance like yeah. I have the GPS location. Do you want me? Do you want me to call our guy? That kind of shit. one screen is then yeah. it's on yeah. a bigger screen now. Yeah. Yeah. Walton, Walton Goggins is one of them in the first one. I always like knowing that. I love me some Goggins. Um, is he the one um, that's in American Ultra? Or am I completely mixing him up? With wait, else? Riz? No, Walter Goggins? Is that Walton Goggins? Oh, I don't know. I've never Walton seen American Goggins. Ultra. Um, maybe. Essential, like, fun movie. Is he the one that has, like, the crazy veneers? I can't. He was in Justified. He was in The Hateful Eight. Vice Principals. Um, Vice Principals. Incredible yeah, 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 beard. Yeah. The guy with the crazy veneers. That's that's how I know him. Check these out. <laughs> oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. 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 I love it. Great teeth. Just white, white, white as pearls. Great teeth. Um, Perfectly proportional. In... All the same size. Yeah. I... Very symmetrical man. He has my heart. I love him so much. <laughs> Even though he mostly um, plays racist. <laughs> I guess there's no love for Oliphant there. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love Oli. Don't get me wrong. I love those are my two boys. I'm a huge Justified fan. So, um, mm. but like, have you seen Venom? That's also another Riz Ahmed <laughs> film. I haven't. No. Gotta watch Venom. This is the this is the question that's asked every. I heard it was episode. bad. It's bad, but it's so good. It's like a bad good. Okay. Oh yeah. Tom Hardy well, jumps in a lobster tank. Well, I don't know if you know this, but there's going to be some carnage. Saying, like, that's this like fall. the that's the that's the pro there's, like that's the profile header on my Twitter is him in a lobster tank. That's really funny. Well, do we know it's that there's so going good. to be carnage this fall, or is this it's going to let there be carnage? Man. Hey, is this a secret? I, I don't. No, it's not. Woody Harrelson in a horrible okay. wig. Come on, give me it <laughs> now. I want it. Um, I, I think what's what's kind of like a bummer to remember is like Gilroy's work post this. Um, Velvet mainly the masterpiece of horror. <laughs> um, Art. I, I don't. Rem- 
I don't I don't really remember too much of Roman J Israel. That's definitely one that I need to revisit. But like, yeah, people, yeah, people like people ride, yeah, ride people for defend that. that yeah. Um, people defend like that Denzel nomination, but yeah, Vela Buzz. I, 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 with Jake I, Gyllenhaal. I do not like. I do not like. That. Renee Russo's in that. Is that is she in that too? Yeah. a lot of yeah. She is a lot of Jake people. Jake Gyllenhaal are in, it. in his um, thick framed glasses. Yes. yes. Screaming. That's all I need. Something very strange is going on. Going on. <laughs> I've seen the yeah. trailer. Yeah. yeah, that gif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted really to, I wanted to like it a lot. Movie, and then it was Everyone was. That's the funny thing. People were like, "It's yeah. on Netflix. We got yeah. the cast back together." Gilroy. People famously forgot that was like, that was a spoiled trailer. Like they gave away some. Oh, that trailer some, oh. had absolutely every event in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Tony collected and killed. Was, I think that was, was the, the storyboard yeah. for the outline of the film. Bro. It was if, terrible. If I'm a director in Hollywood, I bet they're used to it by now. But if I'm a director in Hollywood and they spoil my movie from this like just trailer house, I oh I couldn't tell I couldn't describe the anger I'd feel. Yeah. No, that movie was like. It was terrible. such a letdown. Yeah, it was such a letdown. I Gosh. can't even think of another word. I was just watching it and I was like, yeah. man, this sucks. Like I think yeah. it was one of those failures from frame one. Like something felt off yeah and then it never redeemed itself and then it was just like extremely formulaic and the the like i don't know if it cgi not really cgi but just like the, the effects. effects yeah yeah what's what was interesting about velvet buzzsaw is like that felt like a debut that felt like okay i have an idea here i'm a writer i know how to string in a bunch of people that that will trust my my instincts um but that, but then, like Nightcrawler is the one that that feels like you you have more experience behind the camera, and it's it's just so yeah, much more sophisticated. It, it sucks to, or it it doesn't suck to come out of the gate with such a strong directorial debut, but it definitely sets a standard for like what you're doing in the future. Yeah, and if you don't live up to it, it's like beyond the sophomore slump. It's like, was that in a happy accident? <laughs> it was so That's good. True. Yeah, yeah, I think. Which is kind yeah, of cynical like, for me to say, but no, I think I think you're out of something. Yeah. Well, just so I strong. forgot to mention mention this, but this movie is the work of three brothers, the Gil- Gilroy brothers. Yeah, I always forget so, the third one. I know Tony is a producer. Is that right? Tony is a producer, and fun fact: he writ- wrote and ghost directed Rogue One. Rogue One. Tony Gilroy, the producer of this film, ghost directed. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. listen, one of my is that like kid- confirmed or is that like a theory? Yeah, basically, like. Gareth, uh, is it Gareth Edwards? It's Ed- Edward, Edwards. Evans. Evans. Ed- uh, Edwards. Evans is Raid. Edwards, Edwards is Godzilla. Edwards is Godzilla and Rogue One. Yeah, he yeah. got fired and Gilroy came in, rewrote a bunch of shit and like ghost directed mm-hmm. like the rest of it. And he's doing the Cassian Andor series. So Gilroy's That's in right. the in the pocket I forgot about right that. Yeah. It's for Star Wars. But yeah. and apparently like, I mean, he doesn't like it too, which is so funny. Yeah. He's like, I don't even like Star Wars, and like, I mean, like, he's the guy who wrote and directed Michael Clayton. Like, it's you don't expect um, he's a journeyman of some kind. So. And his other brother, I think Dan Gilroy. No, wait, no, Dan directed it. Uh, fucking John, John Gilroy was the editor of this movie. So written, directed by Dan, yes. produced by Tony, and edited by John. And they're all and they're all screenwriters of some sort, so they've all had sibling goals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, three of them. them. You usually hear two, but what if there was three? 
pretty crazy. Yeah, that's like the that's like the thing with the uh, the Hemsworths. Like, there's always Liam and Chris, but then there's whatever. But they never work on a movie. Frankie no, Jonas. Uh, well, yeah. I guess that's the fourth one, though. That's um, true. <laughs> but yeah. No, oh, also, fucking John Gilroy edited Rogue One. <laughs> Is and he more he of an also, ed- And he, he also edited editor? Warrior. Yeah, he's just, he's an editor. Yeah. He also edited Warrior. He also edited Velvet Buzzsaw, Roman J. Israel. Mm. So yeah, he Warrior edited all of Dan Gilroy's movies, and he also mm. edited fucking Suicide Squad. So oh you know, oh. stop and stop yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Born Legacy, the Jeremy Renner one. Well, that one was directed by Tony. Oh really? So he yeah. just loves working with his bros. I, I believe. That's really wholesome of him. No, no, no. Or, or very did wholesome. He... I'm sorry. I think. Oh gosh, Dan Gilroy wrote, um, Legacy. I think Tony directed it. If I if I have it right, why Maybe. do I know these things? There are three editors on Rogue One. Yeah, that makes three. sense. Three. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah, Gilroy's. They made they made a movie. Mm-hmm. Three of them. You got three. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a fourth running around. Maybe did craft services. <laughs> Yeah. I would have loved to have uh, seen more scenes of Rick and Lou just so, like going yeah, what do they talk about? They spent hours uh, with each other. Although I think with hours. I think that's that's a critique I'm willing to let go of because you have that oh, yeah. montage of them just like zooming past great LA montages. And, and so, yeah, great montage and well edited um, movie. Yeah. Hey, John, you yeah. did something good here. <laughs> And you just see them start to not, because like you never expect Lou to form a camaraderie, nor does he want to or care to. Um, but I think there's such differing personalities that it's it it would be lovely to to see just a few more of like uh, Rick misdirecting Lou, Lou getting upset. Like a few more shots of like Rick standing by the car door and just like feeling embarrassed or something like that because mm-hmm. those are just like like this movie's dark moments of levity like black coffee dark moments of levity it's because um, you're right like we don't see anything outside of Lou besides this world of night crawling mm-hmm. and I think that'd be kind of like that supplement. You never see him sleep. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's one of those things where it's like when they're I don't about think to this go... guy, I don't think he sleeps. Like he has as much characterization um, that you're confident in saying those. You little never see him that, tired. That um, you can you can imagine a person's life outside of the frame. Yeah, you never see him doing anything remotely leisurely. Even <laughs> yeah. when he's yeah. in his apartment, he's like. Like sitting very upright, like yeah. in his chair, like going. He's in a weird couch. angle, like he's in a couch yeah. that's kind of looking at the TV. And then he's when like he laughs, watering he looks plants. That way. He's watering plants. And the then yeah. that scene where he laughs is so funny because he yeah. like points to it as if there's someone in the right. room with him, so, right? Just like completely <laughs> detached. And, and, oh, yeah. I remember that, oh. um, when this came out. I hope I'm not mistaking this that there were a few comparisons to Drive. Um, oh, probably. Like portrait People of LA. And, things yeah, to other just, things. <laughs> and, um, yeah, because in Drive, I, I think that the Gosling character is very similar, that you just see them um, 
kind of like their decor is very sparse. And it's, no, it's all just focus just and like, dri- they and they have like a drive. bedside table and like a door. And, I don't know. <laughs> They're driven. Yeah. Get it? Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, was against, um, but yeah, no, like like he. There's a scene of when they're about to go to the two gunmen's like house or whatever to their car. Like Rick walks, like comes into the car and he's like, "Dude, it's so early." Like he's like visibly tired. Like he's like, "Why are we doing this so early?" Like, and you never for a moment see like he's never, like, you know, like, Blue is never tired at all. I love we call him Blue because his name, like he keeps saying his name's like Lewis, or and he says it once, but he's like Lewis. Like, I don't, but people just call him Lou. Yeah. Um, but, like, no, he never tired. I don't think you even see him eat besides one time, and that's at the um, restaurant. That's yeah. true. And you it's like, it's all, water. and it's sort of like the thing of, like, this is what humans do. This is how they fit in. Exactly. And I need to find a way to to be more normal so I can impress Nina, so I can be more successful with the business. Um, it's that all, it, he's like just. American Psycho for the 2010s. Huh? Yes, Done. there it is. Set we it. can end it. We can Let's end go. things. Go to favorite oh my scene. god! Yes, seriously. Perfect. Holy shit! All right, that's good. That's, so that's really, really perfect. good. Perfect. I don't know why we didn't say that earlier. We could have saved two hours of this, this thing. If we this just could have that. been an email. This could have been an email. Yeah, it really could have been an email. Yeah, it could have been a DM. <laughs> it could have been as formal as an email. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have like a full <laughs> sentence like "dear." Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to just go straight to the point. Yep. Um. Holy shit. Well, yeah, because. Mary Heron in American Psycho taking this Bateman character as as like someone who's trying to understand yuppie care yuppie culture, but it's, yeah, people yeah. formed Fantastic. people formed and incentivized by capitalism, like the Fuck. evils of humanity is incentivized by yeah. capitalism and the gig, sure. and like you know, like it, it's Wall and Wall Street investor in a gig in the gig economy are different careers, but they're both given the same attitude in who is valuable to what and for what ends yeah. and both movies are like com- both movies are comedies like this movie's hysterical um <laughs> no i i do i, I, I agree I, that american psycho yeah. is a comedy no it that is more explicitly hilarious. a satire well i do i do think no i do think this is a satire as well but it's like trying to hide itself underneath yeah. something more like it's it's trying it to is like, be more layered than psychos. I don't want to say obvious is the right word, but like it is like they're doing some crazy shit. Like right. it's not like hiding from it. Like it's not trying to be like, you know, yeah. built it up All to be it's like a out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Alright. You know, uh, I gave this to... movie to uh, a friend of mine in high school once, um, who was in like a video production class kind of a class that is very similar to what we see of, of the news, although the news isn't really presented that well here. It's presented at all. So that's why I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, um, so this guy, Ben, in high school, I'm like, Ben, would you like to, would you like to see this movie sometime? It's called Nightcrawl. I just saw, I just saw this. And he's like, sure. Yeah, I would, I would love to. I, I love the news. And, um, take that as what you, as how you what will in 2021. Yeah. This, this <laughs> is too, this Do you is, know Lou Bloom? <laughs> This is 2015, I think. So it's like I you know, some news. time ago. Um, yeah, this is a freshman in high school. It's pretty crazy. But Lou Bloom, you're talking about Lou Bloom. 
so he's like, I'm I like, love the news. I love running around at night like a coyote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah, exploiting yeah. my employees. I love moving dead bodies. It's my favorite. I love thing. creating the perfect composition out of dead bodies. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Seriously. So yeah, I I recommend that you go check out Nightcrawler on Netflix. And I, and I was in the. I kind of told like a similar story when we covered Shane because I. Who's who's now one of my best friends now? Like I, I recommended he watch. Steve I Lee love sex. Shave. And <laughs> I know like how bad it sounds now, but it's like, no, like, I know what you mean. It was just like something I just saw, and I'm like pretty high on. Um, after the fact, and God. so I show so people. Re- that, I'll, I'll show people Resident Evil. You'll show people shame. <laughs> I, I didn't show. Theme. I didn't show them. I like. Hey, you should check this. You like I, through, I, through I, them I swear, I swear. It's okay. Watch it. I also love showing people disturbing movies. I took oh, my God. mom to go see Midsummer. So. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Midsummer. Yeah. She loved it though. We can unpack okay, that. That's later. good. It's a risk. We don't have time it's a, to it's, it's all of coin. that. <laughs> it's a coin toss. It's like um, go anyway, either so way. Like, a few days later, Ben comes to me and he's like, "I loved it. It was great. I." I, yeah, and and he's just he was like so overwhelmed, <laughs> but he still loves the news. And and I don't know, I, I don't know if I'll listen to this, but it's, it was just like oh, cool you know, see, we're like, just poking fun. He's probably a good guy. Yeah, so it's it's like it was cool to see that something that I had loved, I had given oh, yeah. to someone, and he also loved, even oh, when I hadn't seen so that good. much, right? And mm-hmm. it's just like I didn't really know Early what on. to say to people if they asked me about movies and I think this, this is something that I, I really hold close because it's, it was something that I just never. Yeah. I, I just, everything about it is just so. It was very formative. It was, very even formative, though it's yeah. kind of yeah. fucked up to say it's a formative movie. Cause it's just yeah. at that point with our cinema experience that no, I, I agree. I agree. I think it's, yeah. I think it's quite good. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to favorite scene. Uh, anyone want to go mm. first? I don't know. I, I don't know. Needed. There, there, I mean, it's the thing about the master that we talked about. Like, they're all bangers after bangers. And yeah, we covered the nothing... master literally right before. Funny enough, I don't know. I don't know if we said this, but last week episode was the master. So mm-hmm. it's... see, when I was looking at the the list of like movies that you guys were going to cover, and I saw the master, I was like, "Damn it!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take it you off did now. Advice too, didn't you? Yes, we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we haven't done Phantom Thread yet. We had no Phantom Thread. We haven't done. That's a great. Yeah, one. I guess that's the only. That's the only one left, right? It's like three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh, favorite um, scene I, in Nightcrawler. I can gosh. go, if need be. Yeah, you go first. Um. Again, with that, the funny thing is, like, when you're talking about favorite scene in Nightcrawler, it's like all of them are gonna be really fucked up. So it's like, yeah, it's yeah. my favorite. I love it so much. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like, um. But mine actually is the. Mexican dinner restaurant. I think it's just yeah. like absolutely like, yeah, horribly chilling. And so mm-hmm. it just it just really it's the most. I don't know if it's the most character we get out of Lou, but it's like that's where you just realize this man only thinks about things via transaction. It's all transactions. It's all business relationships. It's all what will you do for me? What I will do for you? It's per- like that's how he thinks of like personal relationships. It's like the most he, like and cuts I think out any swagger or you know exactly like, like confidence. I guess it like it it tells you for sure because like when you're watching the movie, you expect oh I bet 
I'm not, is he like this way when it comes to like, you know, like a friend or a girlfriend? Like, how is he with like people that isn't part of his job? And you really finally realize, oh, he's just like that all the time. That's the only way he can operate. That's the only level of reality he's at is yeah. at Blue Bloom has one mode yeah. relationships. Yeah, he doesn't have different sides of himself. It's just this. So yeah, that's yeah. It's also just really chilling, and Rene Russo is like really good in it. Really, really good. It's something I, I, I thought I... of. Like Punch Drunk Love has a similar staging. Staging yeah. of of this one dinner scene with Emily Watson and Adam Sandler. Different vibe, though. Like, of, I mean, yeah. of course, but it's no. it was <laughs> it's like that thing that I mentioned earlier of how isolating that booth is, where it's where it's just like there's no there's no uh, establishing shot of of like the entire restaurant. It's just we just go right to these two. Um, mm-hmm. But it's I guess it's a similar awkwardness. Yeah, I think my favorite scene has got to be and I can't remember it's just that car conversation with Rick and and Lou where he's like what if the problem isn't that I don't understand people but that I don't like them I think that's right that, before that moment they go to the mansion like, like that final set piece no, no, no. the, yeah. the mansion you mean yeah. the apartment not the Granada Hills one right mm, no, no no I think this is right after I think he must have said that Okay, yeah, he's right outside the. They're at. They're at right outside the Chinese restaurant, and they've just tailed the two guys. Someone listening to this yeah. is like screaming at. at yeah, us. no, no, like, no I remember. Yeah. I watched this literally today. So it's like they're outside the restaurant, and he's asking him to go set up the other shot, and Lu- and Rick is saying, "No, I don't want to fucking do it." And before, and he does says that right before or right after he threatens to physically hurt him. Right. Right, right, right. Because that that line sticks out to me like more than anything else in the movie. Because it just like instantly made me feel gross. But I just feel like that the stakes in that scene are so high, and then you know that the stakes inside the car are also so high because Lou is fucking crazy. And so it's like pitting these two like incredible dangers against each other, and like Rick is like fully trapped. And I just feel like the tension in that. It was just like magnificently done. Yeah, completely yeah, agree. Hmm. Completely agree. Yeah. All right, Mr. Drake. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where to go. Come on, you gotta pick um, one. That's usually what. Blue bloom to the head. You gotta pick details. one. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What I if do, I were to I, get physical with you? What if I physically <laughs> hurt you? <laughs> I'm going to scream in your fit. I'm going to take your ears. So it's like, I, he says yeah. it so calmly. That's the thing. It's just like, he yeah. never, he only loses his shit once. He mentioned it earlier, Peyton. It's just like, it's yeah. always just like this brimming rage of like, I will fucking end you, but I'm going to say it in the mm-hmm. most calm way possible. And I'm going to enunciate every single word. Like it's, mm-hmm. I'm not going to blink. It's He's definitely like one of, it's one of the most yeah. popular, um, original characters of the decade. Maybe you can, you can make that, that case like maybe based yeah. off of nothing but like not yeah i know it's one of those things i mean I maybe argue. like some guy like dead yeah. girl loosely based on but um i think i think this one this one's kind of famous that this whole monologue he has about like when i say i want these things i say that i want them oh and yeah in the newsroom yeah yeah in the newsroom um that's where he puts like i that's where he gets his most like that's the 
moment he tastes power. He's always he's been yeah. like, like he's been driving for it the entire film. That's the moment he's like, "Oh, I have the upper hand now." Fuck yeah. And then he goes yeah. at it. And he's like stepping closer and closer to her as he's Yes. It. Yes, I remember. Yes. It's so horrible. And I so I remember horrible. it's like that is you can you can parallel with that scene um he's at the chairs uh for the anchors and there's in behind them is this um shot of LA at night it and he's so like real. talking to, it looks so real on TV and and it, mm-hmm. he's talking to Nina about how much he he loves um, what he does and, and what the news means to him, and how artificial. Well, you said it changed. Like it that was yeah, like right. the, the moment I started yeah. doing this. Like, oh, I figured out. Like this was. Yeah. This, like, this it was goes to me. your earlier right. point, Jack. Yeah. Is like he's always had this in him, in him, and he just didn't know he could get paid to do yeah. it. And okay. what that reminds me of is there's like a few tiny, little scenes where it's almost shot romantically. But oh it's yeah. Not yes. Yes. Like even at the end when he brings like back the footage close. after, yeah, after Rick gets shot and he brings the footage back, and they're like him and Nina are so close to each other, and she's like speaking all soft. She's like, "That was your partner." Yeah. And it's like this is like shot and acted like it's a romance. It's like sensual. Movie, but the context. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like exactly. Robert Oswald yeah. is such a good cinematographer. But I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson's usual DP. Um. Mm-hmm. And I, I love, yeah, I love, I love the way that that shot too. It's a little bit like you can draw it to October Sky, right? Like Homer is the uh, Jonah Hall character, and be like, oh, this is, I swear it's going somewhere. I swear. I know, and, I know, I know. And it's like his love of science um, is sort of rallying the community uh, to see him thrive. But then, like Chris Cooper plays. His, plays his dad the ex always good chris cooper and it's like that's the defiance for him but it's like the opposite like the other thing is like yeah like lou faces no obstacles here like nothing is stopping him to complete any goals he's um, too driven he yeah, won't allow too, it to. yeah, he won't allow exactly it yeah no he'll yeah. he'll kill them <laughs> yeah literally i think we're about to sign off but real quick i know we've probably talked about best actor 2015 a few times here but would we want to be like joan hall is obviously in our lineups i'm, I'm assuming for best actor yeah. and the other uh people who were of her best actor were keaton for birdman uh eddie redmayne for the theory of everything jesus uh, who Christ. won uh yeah uh, ben, ben cumberbatch in the in- intimate imitation game Bradley Cooper in American Sniper and Steve Carell in Foxcatcher, who I would put in supporting, but um, yeah, because he's a supporting character. Yeah, it's, it's Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. It's Tatum, but it's um, the whole Lakeith Daniel thing from the yeah, year. of course, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. It's a movie that I guess no has supporting actor. Actually, Ruffalo made it exactly. into um, Jesse Plemons is the lead of Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah. He just didn't get the knob. Yeah. But no, I would I would personally take out um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, I take out a lot of these people, but yeah, yeah no, I would take out Eddie Redmayne for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't want to go for the obvious pick. But... Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I, I guess in the won. world where Eddie, yeah, yeah he won. won, he won the award. It's like yeah. crazy. He beat Keaton, yeah. and I mean, I. But I would also have, I'd have he Jill campaigned. He campaigned his ass off. I though, would, so yeah. I guess like that just. 
shows like if you care enough like i guess but yeah he was he definitely sucked up to everybody in that yeah no offense i guess to eddie redmayne whatever i don't i don't care (laughs) Yeah, no, I'll get on Eddie Redmayne's yeah, I would, shit list. I, would have I love how you say yeah, no same. offense, but then you immediately follow up with "I don't care." Yeah, I kind of yeah. No, actually, very offense, funny. offense intended. You're 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 kind of lame, Eddie. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, any no, final I think, thoughts? Uh, or have we said our? Do we close the book on Nightcrawler? Do we stop Nightcrawling? Yeah, we, we, we crawled the night, baby. We're going to put our cameras down. Yeah, oh, yeah we're going to uh, flip, turn off the light to the little... Yeah. The, you know. <laughs> we're going to turn off the flash, yeah. You're going to watch... Oh, yeah, that scene where he's like, you have, like, blood on your shirt. He's like... Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. It's like, blood. Wow. Oh, crazy. <laughs> I don't think so. Thought. There's that... I love oh. that um, it takes some time for him to learn boundaries in these very... Uh, high intensity. Situations. Oh yeah, like he just like pulls up, yeah. almost hits yeah. the perp, and he's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Dude, get the fuck out of here!" What? There's that one like, I'm moment. To call 911. Get the fuck out of my face! Oh, good character actor who was in that for two seconds. He's like a Fincher guy. He was in like he was in Gone Girl. I he thought was in he looked familiar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He was the he dude who kills himself up. in Mink. Yeah, that's right. right. Good character actor. Um, to... Yeah. Okay. Signing up. Uh, Payton, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. We gosh, greatly appreciate was, it. This is awesome. Yeah. This was so much fun. Yeah, of course. You can come yeah, back anytime you want. Oh, door is open. Uh, yes. Where can yeah, everyone find you on the internet? At Peyton Danny on everything. Easy. It makes it easy. Yeah. Okay. Are you one of those yeah. people that has the same password for everything, too? Don't say it. Well, no, don't. Don't. don't yeah, yeah. Don't air her out like that. Jeez, you're right. God. <laughs> oh, well, I'm. I'm one of those people. No, I'm one of those people too. And I have like two <laughs> passwords. I have like one password with like 12 variations. Depending oh, that's on smart. I should do that. One has yeah, like a capital smart. letter. One has a number. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, if it's going to make me put an exclamation point in there, I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like t- tied my hands. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I got exactly. it. I have to now. Yeah. Um, you have a website too, right? Uh, my website for my photography, but if anyone wants to check okay. it out, it's www.paytondrobinson.com. Hell yeah. Jack, where can everyone find you? Is Does that website have any night crawling footage? Oh, God, yeah. Are you, what kind of photographer are you, Peyton? I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, during the episode, we've okay. heard a few play scanners go off, so I'm wondering <laughs> if... I might have my degree in fashion photography, but let's just say... Fashion photography. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. Fashion. Yeah. 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 If you're fashion, I follow a I... certain kind of trend. <laughs> Whatever the news wants me to follow, that's I'll, kind of yeah. where I get my inspiration from. Smart. I'll just Smart. You're, and you're, I got you're it. It's not how allegedly, I got allegedly, it. allegedly, allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly. People talk. Yeah, okay. For me, I am on Twitter at Jack A. Draper. Uh, I have writing on film at places like The Simple Cinephile and uh, Cineflix Daily, um, my own personal medium as well. Uh, Nightcrawler is available on Netflix, um, as we've mentioned actually a few times. Um, Next week... Uh, another kind of a big one of, of the decade, it's Portrait of Lady on Fire with uh, Abby Montiel. 
It's it's really really big. Steamy. <laughs> it's almost the size of a rock that they are on. Sure. Yes. I'll, let's go with that. I like it. Uh, everyone can follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Insta. Not not on Instagram. Ha ha. Mm. Nope. I lied. Yeah. Curve it. I I haven't I haven't fucked that up in a bit. Uh, mm. I am at I'm at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterbox. I'm at Mr. Clay Williams on Instagram. Um, you can follow the podcast account at ETT Pod on Twitter. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen to us on to. You know, rate reviews. Rate review would be great. You know, five stars. Mm. Uh, you can leave All us a voicemail things. on Anchor. Yeah. You can send us an email at exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com. If you have any information uh, for anything that's happening around the area. Um, yeah, of course. Any, a- you know, accident, you know, any accidents, accidents any, or robberies, you know, criminal. Any code 214s or whatever. <laughs> I couldn't send imagine a, memorizing a, the police scanner. The, all those codes? Yeah. That's right. No. Like, there's you that one point where he's, he's like instructing Rick on it. Yeah, that's right. Um... But yeah, stay safe, everyone. Be good to yourself. Uh, get vaccinated. Do what you got to do. Um, and as always, trans rights are human rights. Stop Asian hate. Black Lives Matter. Free Palestine. We'll catch you all next time on Exiting Through the 2010. <laughs>